0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode one of the Clear and Obvious podcast. I'm here with my friend Nick. My name's GS. Nick, how we doing? Blessed,
1: as usual. Woke up this morning. (laughs) Woke up blessed.
0: (laughs) You'd love to hear it. Nick's pushing P. I'm pushing P. Um, I'm not pushing anything. You're not pushing anything. Well, this is uh, the Clear and Obvious podcast where we'll be delving into mostly the Premier League uh, we'll bring you a lot of banter and a little bit of footy chat on the side, but not too much. We don't want to, we don't want to bore up your day. So it's mostly going to be a banter podcast and we're starting off with a January transfer window episode recap of what just went down. Yes. Um, the
1: January transfer window, the most underwhelming part of every season.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's truly uh, terrible and really boring up until probably the last 48 hours of every window. This one was no exception. Um, so we'll be grading every Premier League team's window. Uh, the highest grade they'll be able to earn is an A-plus, and the lowest grade they'll be able to earn is an Everton.
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> no, okay, we'll, we'll be giving them an F, but um, if, if they've had a, a tragic window, they will be charged with one case of an Everton transfer window. You don't want Ooh. one of those. Um So, without further ado, I think we'll get cracking. Or I guess, should we explain a little bit the
1: background of the podcast and what people can expect over the next couple episodes? I think we should just dive into it, because, Alex, I don't think either of us know what to expect either. Yeah,
0: this is sort of unscripted, so I guess we'll just go into it. It's a little bit of banter, right? So, we've got the teams here in alphabetical order.
1: No, it's a bit like when uh, B.B. King would have his concert you tell the crowd i'm gonna play a song and you don't know it the band don't know it and i don't know it either but here it goes (laughs) here we go so we will be the bb king of podcasters yeah this is essentially a a premier league
0: freestyle right here yes Um, sir so should we start
1: off with my home team arsenal yep so we're gonna go down alphabetically which is great for arsenal fans it's
0: We'll get the, we'll get the uh, uh, depression out of the way quick.
1: Well, you know, it's just a nice time to be in the top of the table for once. Well, it's been a while. <laughs>
0: it's been a while. I'll give you that. Um, key incomings, Matt Turner from the New England Revolution and Austin Trusty from the Colorado Colorado Rapids. Two Americans coming into the club. Both of them immediately sent back out on loan to their home clubs. Um. Not too much to be
1: said about that one, really. Yeah, I guess it's just one for the future. Yeah. Um, or two for the future.
0: I will say, the keeper, Turner, Um, he is the U.S. number one. And he has a good really? record it's with not, the U.S. It's not Zach Steffen? No, he's taken Steffen's job. And oh, his yeah. his record with the U.S. so far is 11 wins, two draws, one defeat, I believe. Mm. Following that 2-0 yeah, defeat to Canada.
1: Yeah, I was about to say it was to Canada, wasn't it? What was his name again? I think it's Matt Turner. Yeah, Matt Turner. Matt Turner. He was, he was actually wishing for a burner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was
1: actually undefeated
0: uh, with the US national team until he signed for Arsenal and then he lost his first game after
1: that. So I, I would love to see him join Arsenal just for that kind of a chant. Maddie, Maddie, Maddie Turner. He'd be wishing for a burner. That'd be, that would be, come on, that'd be one of the toughest. That'd be one of the trends.
0: toughest chants in the Prem. Yeah. 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 Oh all, all he has to
1: do um, is get get Shamsdale out the way. <laughs> yeah, he has to get cameraman out the way. Camsdale. <laughs> I, <laughs> I actually I actually heard that Arsenal had a had a uh behind closed doors game with no cameras and, and that Ramsdale was letting every goal in. You know, yeah,
0: he, he wasn't even diving. Uh, um yeah, well so I guess we'll talk well, about that.
1: Let's look at the departures for Arsenal, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, the departures are the big part of the window for Arsenal. Yeah. Maitland Niles out on loan with Roma. Um, Fuller and Balogun, the young striker, um, a lot of potential. He's gone to Middlesbrough on loan, got an assist on his debut, actually. Kolasinac is left for free. Pablo Mari's out on loan. Chambers is left on a free transfer. And, of course, the big one is former club captain Pierre-Emerick. How about my block, like, yeah.
1: That's, Actually yeah. I, I, w- I want to start with with uh, Maitland-Niles because that's one of them transfers that's like when you're playing Footy Manager and it's like 2026 20, and they yeah. start automating the transfers it's one of those <laughs> yeah Jose Mourinho signs Maitland-Niles for um for Roma Yeah I
0: mean he wanted um he wanted Granit Xhaka but I guess he went for um for Maitland-Niles instead because Xhaka was not available Um probably Judas suspension yeah, probably do the suspension. That man's a walking hey, red card.
1: So so Alex, as as an Arsenal fan, I guess before we talk about Obama yang's departure, mm-hmm. what 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 is his legacy at Arsenal? Because I, I know that like the last few seasons or the last two seasons, I guess, were you know underwhelming bordering on just catastrophe. But yep. at one point he was one of the best players in the Prem.
0: I guess his legacy with Arsenal is uh, obviously we got to give it a bit, a bit of time, but um, despite all the memes, the fact, despite him showing up late to training over and over again, and despite him like getting a tattoo, going out and getting a tattoo during COVID and doing all this, arriving late to the North London Derby and pulling up in his Ferrari, chrome wrapped Ferrari, his first two and a half years at Arsenal were uh, electric and I think yeah. when we'll look back on it, his first two and a half years, he will be, you know, one of the best strikers the club's seen. Um, obviously, he won't be on par with the, with Burkamp Ian Inright, and maybe even Van Persie, but he'd probably slot in that fifth position um, in terms of contemporary
1: strikers. Do you do you think that he has that da- uh, regrets about his career? Because the, the way I see it, you know, when he was in, in Germany, when he was in Dortmund, and he was. Um, you know, as those players are in those kind of clubs and that kind of form, mm. the, the, the world is theirs, right? I mean, sometimes they can be held back by certain um, wage structures and and, uh, and and contract obligations, but really the world was, was his, right? And he, from what I remember, he left at an age where Arsenal made more sense. I think if he left when he was a little younger, mm. he might have joined one of the real big teams, and that's no disrespect. Um, but I, I, I mean, obviously, we don't know the guy. I mean, from based on just seeing his antics, he seems like someone who's quite focused on his lifestyle. But you, you would think that as a, as a professional of his talent, he might look back at his career and think, like, you know, I could have really done a lot more.
0: Well, I think it's interesting with Aubameyang. I, I'd say as a footballer, I, I've seen a lot more talented footballers than him. Um, play for Arsenal. Uh, you know he's yeah. not he's not a, he's not a super silky player. He was uh, for us mainly he was a fox in the box, um, and he he really feasted against the smaller teams. He wasn't really someone who was gonna you know in a ton of goals against your Liverpool's or your Man City's. So um, I really think Aubameyang's legacy will come down to that FA Cup run where he was just outstanding. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll come down to that, and it'll come down to. Maybe that golden boot that he won. That'll be that his legacy shared. at Arsenal. Yeah, that he shared. Will he have any regrets? I'm sure he'll have regrets about his last year and a half at Arsenal. I do think he's someone who actually truly loved the club. I think he wanted to succeed. I just think age was catching up with him. And I think he's a player who doesn't necessarily thrive in those really, really strict environments. Um and that's an environment that Arteta is trying to, to put in place. So I don't think he thrived in it. So I think he, ha- he will have some regrets that he didn't play maybe at the highest, highest level. You know, he played at, at Dortmund. He played at Arsenal. Obviously, two massive clubs, two of Europe's, you know, top 10 clubs. But they're not top five clubs. Uh, he, and now he's at Barcelona, but they're obviously in decline. They're playing yeah. in the Europa League. He wouldn't have played for Barca, you know, five years ago. No, he wouldn't. So... Will he have regrets? Perhaps. I'm sure he considers himself one of the best strikers in the world. But I think when you look at the caliber of striker he's always been, I would say Dortmund and Arsenal is probably just about his level. You think so? Yeah. I, I think,
1: I always thought that he, at least at some point in his career, he could have really played for one of the the big teams. Um, I, I think now, I mean, I mean, obviously there's, for a while now, there's been a, a captaincy vacuum at the club and um I know Lacazette assumed it for a bit mm. but it looks like he's got a foot out the door mm. Jacques-, Jacques has proven to <laughs> lack the, the the temperament for for the armband yeah and you really just have a group of kids I mean a group of committed and talented kids but because kids nonetheless and I, I think about when Stevie G got his his armband he must have been about like 23, 20- I, he was young. 22. He was pretty young, yeah. He he was young. And I'm sure, at the. I mean, I was... I don't know how old I was. I didn't even know what anything was. But um, I'm sure people at the time probably might have been second-guessing it. But you see what he's become. Do you, do you think that any any kind of... Any of these kids have the potential, I'm thinking maybe ESR, to mm-hmm. really grab that armband and make it their own for the next however many years for me if uh you know there's a couple different squad members i'm looking at obviously
0: it's gonna it's it's quite early to say and it depends as well on the trajectory of the of these guys careers with young players it's so unpredictable are they going to go on to become as good as we think they can be or not you know that will define whether or not they'll be captain but what arsenal need as a captain is they need someone who's not particularly controversial but who has leadership qualities and who's going to be on the pitch almost every match for the next few years and i think What's judging last notch, went it uh, yeah, kebabs and match. Um, <laughs> I, I think to be honest with you, uh, recently I've been leaning towards Benny Blanco. Uh, Ben White, he's played more minutes than anyone else for Arsenal this season. Um, he seems to really have a leadership uh, position in that team already. He's got a really good relationship with Tomiyasu, really good relationship with Ramsdale. Um, and you know, I like my Captain personally to be either a center back or a central midfielder. I think
1: those are the, the positions you want your captain to be. Yeah, I always thought it was odd to have strikers as captains, and yeah. and this is completely um not based in any facts, but it almost looks like it, it weighs down on them physically when they're kind of bursting, uh hmm. you know, down like across the line, and and it just it's just odd, right? To see like an, an armband on on a on a forward.
0: Well, I, I think a lot of strikers are are actually inherently selfish. That's the sort of yeah. nature of a striker and that's not really yeah, yeah. A, a captain's quality. I think that weighs them down. I remember when we gave Thierry Henry the armband and he wasn't a particularly good captain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the same but, could be said from Aubameyang.
1: I, I think even like a number 10 is, is it's, I wouldn't want to see a cat like an armband, but you think of like the, the legendary captains, I think you're very, very right. They're always, um center backs and um like a deeper center mids Mm. even giving the the keeper an armband i always kind of thought was odd i mean i guess it depends what you how how important you consider the armband i'm sure it kind of varies from coach to coach but yeah um i always thought it's odd to to give a keeper the armband you know they can't really command the the pitch well i think you
0: know my my personal view would be that Ben White would be the captain and then you have this sort of leadership group, which you know, most teams yeah. have, you know, Liverpool has one, City has one, and that armband sort of rotates unless if that person is not playing. Um for me, part of that leadership group, you would look at someone like Kieran Tierney being involved in that. I think you'd look yeah. at someone like Martin Odegaard being involved in that, and um perhaps Aaron Ramsdale.
1: Oh, yeah. He would love those images, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> He'd post them yeah. all over the gram. And uh, him
0: celebrating a goal, like running oh, up to yeah, our own yeah. fans
1: with the captain's armband. Uh, Parrying a ball midair that's going right to him with the captain's armband. He'll just wank off to that. And the <laughs> thing about thing about Ben White is, I mean, he's he's pretty young, isn't he? But he has mm-hmm. the experience of playing for a very good Brighton side. He's had some England caps now, hasn't he? Yeah. Um. He has uh, a starting position for Ibiza FC, aka Compostela <laughs> FC, and he's really kind of made that Arsenal position his own. I mean, he's got a lot of a lot of hats. Hasn't I him? mean, he's a, he's a proper geezer. He's a proper yeah. top shiner. I mean, those 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 eyebrow uh cuts are just yeah. He's got a little
0: frosted tips too in the hair. He oh,
1: looks yeah. great,
0: man. He takes care of himself. Uh. I'll, I'll give him this, you know, Ben White. He's played more minutes than anyone else for Arsenal this season. He played more minutes than anyone else Azzy. for Brighton last season. Wow. And he played more minutes than anyone else for uh, Leeds in his oh, yeah, championship he season. Yeah, he he played every single match yeah. of Leeds' promotion season.
1: How how interesting is it that you have this player, you know, proper geese, but someone who's had a full season under the philosophy of Bielsa Potter and now um are terrorists. I mean like I mean these aren't you know the 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 Klops and the Guardiolas but the all three of them are very kind of big promising uh names in the in the game with yeah. very like with very contrasting philosophies. I mean you have Bielsa's like suicide footy and then you have yeah Graham Potter's like tiki-taka draw merchant footy, and then you have Arteta's, which I guess maybe is similar to, to Graham Potter's, but with yeah, um, it's, it's, maybe it's, a little more tenacity.
0: Yeah, maybe a little bit more defensive, I think, Arteta. You, um, I, I think when you look at Ben White, it's clear he's a player who has a lot of tactical intelligence and he's a player who's really, really good on the ball. So when he played at Leeds, he actually played in midfield. It was him and Calvin Phillips in midfield together.
1: Really? I didn't know. Um,
0: and Leeds fans loved him. They absolutely and he, loved
1: him. he's so – I think his what's great about him is he's just so composed. Yeah. I mean, he, he can carry the ball well. I think that what embodies the rest of the team, though, is that he does, I think, struggle against kind of top opposition – And top forwards, especially like, you know, Liverpool, I think he was really struggling physically. But I mean, you know, that's just part of the the general development of the squad. I mean, and I've 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 told you this off the pod plenty of times, you know, Arsenal, the next step now is to start winning against the big lads. And well, we need to win a game in 2022. That's the first thing we got (laughs) to do. We
0: haven't won one yet. So that is
1: true. That is true.
0: Yeah. I mean, I mean, the City game, I think we were very unlucky. Oh, yeah, I forgot you guys. You guys won uh, the first half. <laughs> we won the first half against City. Legendary performance in that first Legendary. half. Um, but I guess going back to the transfer window, um, I think Arsenal made a lot of smart moves in terms of outgoings. I think a lot of those players were not needed, they were um, sort of bloating the squad. A lot of those players had yeah. high wages. People like people like Kalasinak earning like 85k a week, just absolutely ridiculous. You don't
1: want senior players. On large wages, not only for, um, you know, financial sense, but also, you just don't want them really kind of spoiling the energy, right? Because you have yeah. these kind of relatively big personalities, yeah. and they they know they're not playing; they know they're not in the coach's plans. Yeah. But they're they're around these people. I mean, what like what are they doing? I'm I'm sure Kolasinac is is a decent professional, but at some point, you want everyone. In your squad to be paying attention and, and committed and, and, and fighting for the place, I can't imagine someone like no. him is really, like, fighting for his place. I, I mean, your third string left back shouldn't be earning you know that amount
0: of money, yeah. uh, taking that much out of your wage bill. But you know, I think in terms of if we're gonna grade this window, I think the outgoings for Arsenal were excellent. Incomings obviously were lacking. I think in terms of the incomings, the player that Arsenal wanted, obviously, was Dusan Vlahovic. They threw everything at him. He just wanted to go to Juventus, so we couldn't get him. And the other striker options that were thrown around in January were overpriced and pretty average. Yeah. So um, I actually think it's smart from Arsenal to not have just thrown a bag on a panic buy.
1: So, so what what are you going to give them? I would give them a C+. Plus. Yeah, degree actually. I was I thought going to give him higher because I was I thought I was going to have to disagree. I'd give him a C or C plus because although I agree, like it was a smart window. Mm. I think they played their cards right. I think they showed that you know they're they have an actual plan and they're 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 going to stick to it. But even if the right players weren't available, just the fact that your squad. Got trimmed, and you mm-hmm. didn't add anyone particularly in key areas that you, that you need some some more uh, foot soldiers. Yeah, we it, who knows am I, it might might bite you guys in the ass. I mean, I don't think you guys will make top four, but if it comes down to a, a close top four race, and uh, you lost a game because Parte's injured and and Jaka killed someone, and and you, know, <laughs> and, and, you, and you can't hold down the you can't hold down the, the midfield so yeah yeah uh definitely
0: short on numbers i mean we'll be playing pretty much like one game a week because we're we're, yeah. we're only playing the premier league because we're, we're not playing in europe and we're out of all the cup competitions after that
1: nah. crushing loss to nottingham forest in the fa cup genius tactics yeah um the best signing we can make is losing all of our cup ties.
0: Yeah, our, our best signing—we have made two great signings: losing our cup ties and <laughs> um, saving our wage bill. <laughs> Save, saved wage bills playing up top for us.
1: So, so let's—I uh, feel like we, let's let's move on from Arsenal. But before yeah. we do that, um, give me your elevator pitch on what Ars- on what uh, Obama Yang's career is going to look like at Ars- at um, at Barça.
0: I think he'll. I think he'll have a decent little spell to start off with. You know, I think the La Liga may suit him more. That being said, pff, Barcelona are absolute dross. They are really, really poor. Um mm-hmm. I, I mean, they've they've been a little bit better of late. They definitely look better when Ansu Fati's in the team. Mm-hmm. But oh yeah, I mean, he'll score a few goals. But at the end of the day, he's thirty two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a poor move for Barcelona. Probably a good move for him. He's still going to earn good money. He's playing for a big club, you know, good for him. But um, yeah, I think it's the fact another, that... another poor transfer in a long line of poor transfers
1: for Barcelona. I think the fact that he, as bad as this Barca side is, I mean, it's still Barcelona we're talking about. And the fact that Obama Yang at this age with this reputation and with this run of form, the fact that he landed that move in a pretty Obama Yang style Um, showing up early to the airport (laughs) (laughs) Um, late to
0: training but early to the airport
1: yeah I I think I think that the real winner here is Obama Yang definitely I mean yeah that that because you know you never know I mean I don't think this will happen but there is always a chance that this saves his career and that this revives Barca I I I hope so man I hope so like Like I I said I I I, doubt this is yeah I doubt this will happen and I also do like I want to see Obama Yang succeed um, but if I was a betting man, I'd say, <laughs> bet on him. I'd say 70, 30 thought the, the thought process is, I think it's almost a bit of a lazy signing. I mean, they needed a mm-hmm. number nine. They're like, Oh, this guy, can get guess a few goals here and there, but tip us over the line. Um, but like I was telling you off the pod, I think that when you have a group of young talented hungry players that are the blueprint to how you're going to move forward as a club yeah it's it's a good idea to bring in these senior players who might just be squad players but if you bring players that have you know the wrong attitude then you know that you're doing the whole thing a disservice because I mean part of the reason why Arteta wanted him out was because he didn't want him to spoil the mentality of you know yeah. the the the, the Saka's and, and the Gabriel's and so forth so it it is a little bizarre, you know. I thought that if if he wanted to bring a kind of a proven ish goal goal scorer who's can kind of lead by example and and put his arm around the the youngsters, I and mean, clearly, Obama Yang doesn't really have that that track record. No, I agree.
0: I I think it'll be a big relief for Arsenal. Obviously, he was on 350k a week. He actually still yeah. had a a year and a half left on his contract. So had they not shipped him out uh, during this window, he probably would have. Stuck around in the summer because I don't know if anyone other than Bars is coming in for him. Yeah, Um, no one's stupid. And he potentially stinking up the dressing room, you know, not intentionally because I don't think he would do that. He's a good guy, but it's just not a good look to have your ex captain on 350k a week sitting there training not playing.
1: And and aside from you know saving money, I think that um, it just it's a relief, and because if he were to stay at the club and see how his contract. It doesn't matter how frozen out the squad he is. I mean, he could be training with the youth squad for for all anyone cares. But there will always be the looming question of Aubameyang. You yeah. know, if if Arsenal is hasn't won a game in all of twenty twenty two, um, so <laughs> someone's gonna ask, well, shit, isn't it time to bring Aubameyang back in? And then it's just this, yeah. you know, this looming it's, it's, question. It's what, ha- it's what
0: happened with Özil. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. You don't, with you don't want you don't want another Özil situation. So
1: so looking at brighton right aston villa aston villa for others another another area. yeah
0: probably the most interesting window i think of yeah. any club
1: no i think they they might have topped the 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 league in this sense
0: yeah well let's look at who they let's look at who they they brought in well, actually, let's yeah. start with let's start with who they actually sent out because there's only there's only two names. Mm-hmm. It's uh Anwar El Ghazi. He's gone to Everton on loan, and Matt Target to Newcastle on loan. Pretty pretty standard.
1: Yeah, I think it was smart. You know, classic Stevie G. No drama, yeah. just you know, kind of straight to the point. Um, and that he's really actually um, not to go straight into talking <laughs> about Stevie G, but. <laughs> He he, kind of is. I'm sure you'd agree. He's really exactly the kind of manager you would have expected him to be based on his playing yeah. career, and that's and yeah. that's usually you know not the case. And I'm not even just talking about talent wise, but just you know the way he carries himself, his, his attitude. He's always been very calm, yet have a very big presence at the same time, which is yeah you know, difficult to do. He's got a real aura and, to him. Yeah, and everything kind of reflects around him, and it's no difference different, different to, the, to the transfer market. I mean, you, you kind of look at his first um transfer window with Villa, and he got rid of two players, like you said, straightforward, you know, no kind of saga around it. Yeah. And he kind of demonstrating his pulling power, his pulling power for a club like Villa, right? To mm. get um, both Luca Dean and, and Philip Guccino Well, and
0: with Villa, you know. Um, they're a team that's had a pretty interesting project for the last 18 months. You know, even leading up yeah. to Stevie G coming in, they've got some pretty, very wealthy owners. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're a, they're a club that has a pretty big reputation, especially in within the UK itself. You know, the outgoings are basically, re- they're they've gone to make room for the players they've brought in. So Matt Target, Luca Dini, that's a straight swap. is an upgrade on Target, you know, 25 Absolutely. million. Uh, 25 million, I think, is probably about fair. It's about market value for Luca Dini right now. Yeah. And you look at Coutinho on loan from Barcelona. Obviously, there's um, the potential that he doesn't replicate his form that he had at Liverpool, but it's a loan deal. It's kind of low risk uh Robin Olsen that's a backup goalie on loan from Roma Callum Chambers that's a, you know that's a, a decent squad player who can bolster Villa uh On yeah. free all, all of them in my opinion very smart transfers that yeah. fit into what they're trying to do and fit into what Steven Steven Gerrard's trying to do
1: and and you know like you said these are transfers that have a purpose you know they, a lot of clubs you know Everton comes to mind like to just buy and sell it seems like almost on a whim and, yeah. and kind of just see what what might stick whereas and this, this isn't like even just a jared thing i think it's just a villa thing in general or this new project because you think back to over the summer when they sold jack Relish, mm. they were very articulate about the reasoning behind who they brought why they brought them what the thought process was i mean it was very you know well kind of thought out all these um, transfers and and you, but you see kind of a lot of the top clubs doing it. Maybe not some of the teams that can just spend all they want, but you know, a mm. team like Liverpool, for instance. Although Liverpool don't really buy a lot of players, much to my frustration. Um, when they do, it's it's always very targeted. Yeah, and that's a sign of you know a well-run club. So, um, and, and you, you can't help but but just think that um, Nicky and Dean from Everton. I mean, that must have just been really pleased jared i'm sure yeah he, i'm yeah. sure that was just the icing on the cake i mean you, do you see that video of him walking oh um, yes out He's of staring Gibson down Horses.
0: the everton fans yeah
1: and he has that a serious face but you can see the smirk yeah you can yeah, see yeah. it right yeah and and um i'm sure that's the kind of mentality he had when he took Luca dean from them Absolutely uh, you know I think Steve Jones that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, <course. laughs> um you know he's got like like slightly unfortunate like forward hairlines, you know what I mean like um and he's
1: like yeah, he um, had the same I had the same trim since I was you know, twenty four
0: yeah i, he I think no reason to change it if if I had to give this um this villa window a grade personally it's an a plus. I think it's a brilliant window. I I think all the signings are, you know, a hit. I guess the Robin Olsen signing. uh, Yeah, he's a backup keeper. I guess maybe to put some pressure on Emmy Martinez, who's had a few stinkers this season. But yeah, but
1: is that really going to put any pressure on him? I mean, I don't think that's like a a pressure putting signing. I guess it doesn't hurt. Is this Olsen I'm thinking about? Like the fucking old ass guy? Yeah, it's the guy who played for Everton actually. The guy just been everywhere like forever?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say A plus for Aston Villa.
1: I feel like there's some goalkeepers who became like backup keepers and their moves were never to kind of get back on the pitch, but they were just yeah. sort of like top clubs, second string merchants. You know, I think Willie Caballero comes to mind. Classic. Um, Olsen, uh, um, Pepe Reina at 1.2. Yeah. Although Pepe Reina was at Villa, wasn't he, a while ago? Uh, yeah, he
0: was, actually. And I uh, uh, actually remember he had a, a
1: couple... Ago. Yeah, it's only been two years back, because I remember he had yeah. a couple howlers. Whoa. He had this one... Um, yeah, this one idea to just go on a nice little adventure down the pitch. Remember, <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. He, he saw he saw a butterfly at the the halfway line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, I'd get I'd get villain an A plus. I'm trying to think about why I wouldn't give them an A plus just to play devil's advocate. It's hard to and say. It's hard to say. I mean i don't know i don't really like colin but, chambers i don't like his fucking face he's
0: he's, he's a bit he's, never, a, he's, a, he's a bit shit to be honest um <laughs> but, but i mean that he's, not, he's just a squad player isn't I, he? I mean you know he's free I, he yeah. fills the homegrown quota as well which is important yeah i think when you look at maybe maybe they could have signed someone like Bisuma, who they were or that they were strongly after but then again you know
1: they managed I don't to hold- i the i think basuma takes me as someone who if he's leaving he's he wants to
0: maybe but I, I think you know they managed to hold on to douglas louise he was he was sought after so yeah they also I, I think
1: i mean i know a lot of people rate douglas louise but i think that this man is still like under the radar i mean i think that definitely i i, I would i would this is a hot take i would take him over basuma i really i really would i i, th- I re- think they're very different players yeah but if i had to choose like kind of a, a number six i like i really like douglas Lewis's playing style he's like he's Maybe. great on the ball his positional awareness is is brilliant he even has a, a couple of screamers in him um but but yeah no i, I, I i'd give villain an a plus because yeah. you know even if there was a another position for them to fill i mean we we're just talking about clubs that aren't just throwing money uh, so. yeah and
0: basuma's gonna cost an arm and i like so so i guess yeah. we'll move on to brentford Smallest team in the league. Um, they're my local neighbor's stadium. is sort of about a mile away from me right now. Mm-hmm. Brentford, the business they did, I guess the outgoings, Marcus Forrest and Charlie Good out on loan to the championship. Um, not really much to say about that. They've brought in Jonas Lussell on loan from Micheland, which is uh, very much in line with their current transfer strategy. They've gotten a ton of players from Micheland over the last three, four years. And this is just another one, and of course they brought back to the Premier League. They revived yeah. him from the dead. They literally brought him back from the dead, Christian Eriksen. I mean, that that was
1: that's one of those rumors where you hear rumors like that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll like oh, that that old chestnut, <laughs> and then <laughs> I mean, it gets your heart racing. I'll tell you that um but, but but jokes aside you know you hear about those rumors and you're like oh, you know it's stupid but ever since it came out there was always some kind of credibility to it like i, I think yeah. it was the athletic that broke the news initially and you know they're they're not really ones to to story glory well and it's a danish link brentford uh i believe their own their danish-owned club um, and their and their and their their manager who's also Danish used to Thomas coach er, he used to coach Ericsson at a at a youth level
0: yeah and they've signed a lot of Danish players over the years so um this also fits within their recruitment strategy um it's oh, such a sweet signing as well i mean it's just uh, seeing him in the red and white of brentford is going to be brilliant
1: i i i would love to to watch i mean i can't wait to watch denmark and portugal really uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah they
1: uh, we'll go head to head this season. It's gonna be great. um yeah. I guess bring the euros to the prem.
0: <laughs> I guess if we're talking about um Brentford, I, should we mention the the Ivan Tony incident that occurred last week?
1: yeah, I mean, it's just I just like I don't like ah uh, this is why I'm having trouble speaking because on one hand. I want to say what everyone's thinking like what a fucking idiot right yeah I mean, like why why like who stands on the boat in the age of TikTok the age of social media looks at a camera and says fuck my current employers fuck the club that will have thousands of people screaming at me week in week yeah. out I mean I'll tell you who, why I did it Well, well. Before you say that, I'll just say the reason why I'm why I struggle to to give that opinion. That's kind of the objective, like punditry opinion, because it's just something that I would do. So I just something I would do. (laughs) I just I can't really judge him, you know. Uh, I can I can see myself next to no Simon Cowell uh, over here. uh, A a good looking lady, and she asked me to say, "You're not going to mention my current employers in this podcast." But she asked me to say something, I was like, "Shit." I, I might.
0: I I, mean, I I think it's as simple as he was he was matrixed by the bunda. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> she was. I, I will say she she definitely screamed of a Chelsea fan. Do
1: do you, do you think that that he? Because I remember when Suarez used to bite people. People thought it was just this animalistic instinct, but I always was of. The idea that they were actually um tactical bites they were like premeditated bites to to get his move because the first time he bought he was trying to go to arsenal of all places the second time he bit was when he got his way to barcelona and then he didn't fight again right so and then the actually the very first time he bit was to get out of ajax so similar to that i'm thinking is that is that his bite so to speak
0: yeah i guess like each player has their own thing so it's suarez has the bite ivan tony has the partying on a yacht in dubai wherever he was saying fuck Brentford." Obamiang has the showing up late to the north london derby and his chrome wrapped ferrari um each player sort of has their own get out of jail free card yeah um i guess the thing is that he put out a statement the next day
1: apologizing and i guess they're moving on yeah i mean i will say though he looks like a top prospect for um for a bzfc i think he was kind of going under the radar but i think i mean that video like that talk about trying to force a move i mean that showed real potential for that squad i mean that's something that you know Grealish would have been proud of
0: well i I can't believe we actually we spoke about bzfc and we actually spoke about ben white but we didn't actually speak about the newspaper headline that came out a couple days ago i don't know if you saw it saw it of him, uh, partying in Dubai during Arsenal's trip there. I mean, part. It wasn't like partying, but he was out like with Ramsdale and Rob Holding, and uh, he's talking to this girl, and she leans in for, for a smooch, and uh, the newspapers got a snap of this girl just leaning in, kissing Benny Blanco,
1: and he's top shagger Ibiza. Top shagger, yeah. yeah. Um, um, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how he takes Ramsdale under his under his wing. I mean, I guess. You know, Ramsdale is just interested in, in his acting career. Maybe he sees that this is a a, a decent pathway. <laughs> he wants to get into um, porn, porn acting. <laughs> the, loves it for the cameras.
0: Do you think he's able to perform in between the sheets when there's no cameras around?
1: <laughs> uh, Where's the camera, babe? You know I can't do it without the camera.
0: I will do it without the camera babe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. But um focusing on the matter at hand, I guess oh speaking of which bro, th- this I'm telling you he might have gone to Arsenal purely because of this Amazon documentary. When he heard about <laughs> that, he <laughs> he's definitely just um, throwing himself in front of all the scenes, you know, like definitely Kieran Tierney is getting getting interviewed, and and the Ramsdale just steps in front. Of, oh, hello! I didn't see you there. <laughs> oh my god!
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's probably what convinced him. Probably yeah. took a wage cut
1: when he heard about it. It, it might be why they did it. <laughs> it might be why they um, did it. But 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 sticking to um, to Brentford real quick. Yeah. So I don't want to. Maybe we shouldn't spend too long on clubs that don't have the juiciest transfers, but. I mean if you want to just break it down in, uh, like less than a minute. Mm. Um outside of Ericsson. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Ford's Charlie good. They've
0: gone out on loan. I guess that it is what it is. They weren't really getting any game time. Jonas Lussell can't say I've seen anything. So can't comment on that. I guess uh they brought in Ericsson. That's a that's a good signing. I think Brentford their squad right now, they're they're sort of already where they want to be. I think they're pretty they're more or less safe. So um, they just sort of like strengthened through with a little bit of stardust and I, I, I'd I, give it like
1: a maybe like a B minus. Yeah, I'd actually, I was about to say B minus as well. I think that, you know, it's kind of standard lower mid table business. Um, yeah. They weren't really super desperate for any big moves, but the the Ericsson move is a, is a nice touch. And I yeah. think that it's something that can get, I mean, not just, I mean, obviously the Brentford fans excited, but one second, moving my mic. Not just the Brentford fans excited, but, you know, the rest of the league and just footy fans in general. Yeah. Um, I think most of us thought that Ericsson was finished. Yeah. I mean, I'll actually be at the Brentford Palace game on February 12th. So um,
0: maybe I'll get to see his debut. Right. Moving on. uh,
1: Bring some uh, paramedics with you. Yeah. Uh,
0: I got my first aid kit ready. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Let's go with Brighton. Uh, they brought in Kasper and on loan from a club I can't pronounce for nine million pounds. He's uh, gone back out on loan. Uh, same with Denis Undav who they've brought in. He's gone out back on loan as well. So their only incomings are not really incomings. They've gone. But they've also gotten rid of Aaron Connolly, who's gone out on loan. And they sold Dan Byrne to Newcastle for $15 million. Um, I the, the interesting one for me, I, I guess, is Dan Byrne because he's been a fixture of that defense for a little while. Last year, that sort of three you know, they had, they had those rotating center backs last year with Dan Byrne, Shane Duffy, uh, Lewis Dunk, and Ben White. Now, obviously, Byrne's gone, White left in the summer. I'm not sure this is great business for Brighton. I think they're looking a little thin now at center back. Um, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I, I just the thing is I I, I can't really comment too much because I don't really know these players that well. Mm. You know, the the caliber of players, I think that kind of similar though to what we're saying about Brentford, because I agree they do look a little thin in the back. But well, number one, I don't even if they look thin, I, I think their their real problems are are scoring goals, even though they're they really need uh, a striker, even though they're like a, a fluid like. Fluid team on the front foot. They're positive. Um, I think they kind of you know lack some real sort of goal instinct up top. Yeah. And but I don't think that they really felt a lot of pressure to. Because keep in mind, I think what one thing that we need to note is that the the reason behind a January transfer is very different from a summer transfer. Uh, a summer transfer is, I think and obviously there are exceptions to the rule, but the way I see it at least is the summer transfers is, is for the project. Yeah. is for, you know, the the big idea. January transfers, I think, are like band-aids, like emergency transfers. Like you have this small period in the middle of the season in case you had these horrible injuries or in case yeah this player isn't playing as good. And like I said, obviously there, there are ex- uh, exceptions to the rule. So, but, but with that in mind, I don't think our, uh, Brent, uh, sorry, Brighton really... Felt a need to get too creative. Yeah, I think that um, I don't know. I think the big question with Brighton is is what is if Graham Potter is going to be there next season? And I, I actually well, think he
0: he's he's a he's a, um, a serious gaffer in my opinion. I think he's a really great mm-hmm. coach. Um, I will say the one guy they brought in, Dennis Undav, uh, German. I think he's like twenty three or twenty four. They've brought him in from the Belgian league. I will say you know he's a striker they they do need a striker in the long term and he has uh 18 no sorry yeah 18 goals and 10 assists this season in the Belgian league in 25 matches so that is a, a very very wealthy return um, granted the standard of the league is is pretty poor but um you know I think he is someone that they'll look to to try and add some goals to their game next season and mm-hmm. that could turn out to be a decent signing. But overall, for, for Brighton, I actually don't think this is a very good window. I think the Dan Byrne sale is pretty
1: poor. I think it was bizarre, actually. Just I think just in terms of who they were selling it to also yeah yep. didn't make too much sense to me.
0: So, uh, yeah, I'd give them like a C-. Yeah. I
1: hate to keep agreeing with you, but C- is about right. Mm. I think... I mean, like a D-plus would be harsh because, like mm. I was saying earlier, sorry, I, I don't know, I was backed away from the mic so much. What I was saying is I'm tempted to go lower than a C-minus because I don't think they really accomplish a lot. But like I said earlier, it's not like they're very desperate for anyone right now. No. So, yeah, I'd go for a C-minus.
0: Yeah, C-minus for Brighton seems about right, which means we can move on to... Burnley and I think this is going to be a very interesting discussion because mm, Burnley yeah. only made two moves in this window. But, very
1: interesting moves. Very yeah, they
0: so they sold Chris Wood. Chris Wood. Yeah. for 25 million that's reportedly the release clause that fellow uh relegation battlers Newcastle multi-billionaires mm-hmm. paid for uh paid for him. Then they brought in Woot Weghorst from He's
1: kind of he's kind of an exciting a uh, player for very ex- for,
0: very very exciting signing. Only twelve million, so they've made a thirteen million yeah. pound profit on that.
1: They they made a decent profit on a player who's, I think, at worst, probably at the same level. I mean, they're different players. Yeah,
0: but... I, mean, I mean, pretty similar. He's a very 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 serious aerial threat. Yeah.
1: Um, the the only thing though is even though they're kind of doing like a like for like swap and possibly even even an upgrade, and. They made profit. I still think it was a bad idea because they're giving stiff wood over to a, a, a relegation rival. I mean, holds wood, um, because the, the the thing the thing about like if they did this with with anyone else, I would have thought it was a, it was a good move. But it doesn't matter how good the replacement is. They're they're kind of giving possibly their most immediate rival some real kind of ammunition.
0: Well, let me. I think this is actually a really good move and good window for Burnley, and I'll tell you why. That release clause was met. Burnley couldn't do anything about it, and they had 10 days to find a replacement, and they went out and got someone who's the ideal replacement for for Chris Wood. I think Newcastle really only made that move to try and make Burnley worse and to uh, save themselves from relegation. And now Burnley have gone out, you know, thinking that Burnley wouldn't be able to replace him. And they have.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So I think it's, you know, there's a bit of chess going on there between the two clubs. And I think Burnley have come out pretty well. Um,
1: I, I think, I still think though that, I mean, Chris Wood. I mean, yeah, he's just Chris Wood, but he's a kind of player that I think a team with a real fear of being relegated would absolutely love. And he's a kind of player that I think they thought they were going to get with Joel Lenton. Yeah, it turned out to be quite the the you know box to box midfielder, but um no, I think you know what's weird about Chris Wood though is I just I wonder if if like if he's happy, and I oh, and, no. and the, he, he's and looked the pretty he is, pretty poor
0: in his first two matches for Newcastle,
1: and I, I don't even mean it like I mean it just kind of like more like as extensionally. I mm. mean, obviously it's a dream to play in the Premier League no matter what club, right? Sure. But he, he made a career out of being like the Sam Allardyce of players, if you will. He made a <laughs> career out of just playing for one of the just least aesthetically pleasing clubs in in the top divisions only yeah. Spending his entire well, life battling relegation meeting meeting headers i mean i'm sure he loves scoring these headers but i just think he moves to newcastle and it's probably an upgrade you know in terms of i mean it is an upgrade in terms of reputation and money at least i don't know who's gonna go down and who's gonna stay up but i mean he's playing with
0: better he's not gonna be playing with better players after the signings they've made but
1: yeah i mean i'll tell you what though it's I know we're we talking about Burnley, but I'm just kinda of thinking about Newcastle right now. Mm. I wouldn't even know how to grade them because if they stay up because Trippier put in a couple crosses into Chris Wood, then I mean it's it's a genius. But I mean window. that's that's the bare minimum, isn't it?
0: I I think when you look at the Chris Wood move, if we're grading Burnley's window, I think it's a I think it's a B plus window because I think they've made profit. When you look at Chris Wood, Chris Wood has 3 goals this season or 2 or 3 goals this season. Um he's really struggled. Weghorst has 6 in the Bundesliga so he's having a better season. I think you look at Chris Wood, he's 30 years old. You just got 25 million for a 30-year-old striker who has 3 goals in the league this
1: season. That, you know, you're, you're, when you, when you put it that way, those two be pretty numbers side by side is Yeah, I actually Damn, you kind of changed my mind. Actually, I was really kind of thinking that they didn't do the right move there. But you said you what? Give them a B plus. Yeah, I'm actually gonna go ahead and give them a C minus, and and I'll tell you why. It's not even to do with this move. It's to do with the fact that this was their only move. Burnley's managed to stay up for how many seasons? Yeah, like like five um, or
0: six at this point.
1: And even when they've been in this position in the past, I feel like most of us never really thought they would be relegated because they always seem to just be comfortable Mm -hmm. with this scrap, right? Mm. But something feels different this season. I don't know. I think, you know, you look at someone like Chris Wood, he's not firing. um, Barnes isn't firing. Mm -hmm. Vidra isn't firing. Um, Some of their... It's something that they don't look as annoying as they usually do and i mean annoying in a good way right like irritating to play against i know you mean um they look a lot more beatable this season looks different they look like a wounded animal and i think that for a club that i think really pride and and a manager that really pride themselves in being able to stay up every season i would have thought that they would have kind of been a little more ambitious in the transfer window because like we were saying you know if january is the window to really kind of um you know plug in some some holes some some last minute fixes um to me it's almost like i mean you know a lot more about f1 than i do but it, mm. it reminds me of you know when the car like comes around they have to like the, that quick maintenance right for it to keep going it it's like up, if they yeah. it's like if they didn't really bother so like, oh, i carry on um mm. like yeah that that may have been a good move but at the end of the day they're just replacing a player that left i think that they should have Brought in a couple more exciting players to really, you know, back themselves to stay in the prem. Yeah. I guess time will tell. Um, but I guess for now,
0: I'm going to go for B plus. You're going to go for C minus on yeah. Burnley. Um, so
1: that's, I think that's our first time disagreeing.
0: Yeah. And right. that brings us on to Chelsea. I don't think we even need to talk about them. No incomings, no outgoings. Actually, I think this is a bit of a, like a D for Chelsea because I think they needed to recruit in the fullback positions, mm-hmm. especially left back.
1: How how long is Reese James and 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 Chilwell gone for?
0: Well, Chilwell's out for yeah, he's gonna be out for like a year because he tore his ACL.
1: Damn. I mean, just, I'm just thinking about Ibiza FC. I don't even think they can they can replace him <laughs> in that position. But that's, <laughs> that's a conversation for another time um I like to bring up like
0: Ryan Bertrand up for a late call up <laughs> um
1: because just but real quick though I mean really like Kyle Walker and Ben Chowo they were just f- bombing down the flanks for a I've of seamen they were just top shaggers, top shaggers. <laughs> you know like Kyle Walker's hes he's he's coming
0: around the pool you know the lad's already on the sunbeds they're chatting up some chicas Kyle Walker's come around he's got the boom box. <laughs> He's playing some terms of
1: Sheffield Boys had a better party than this.
0: Yeah, well, if we come back to the hotel room. <laughs> um, yeah, for Chelsea, I think this is a really poor window.
1: I don't know. I think that um, Chelsea almost have like a bit of an identity crisis. I think that last season. They I mean they won a champions league. They came into this season probably just on top of the world, like mentality-wise. And yeah, they and they define themselves under Tuchel as a rigid team hard to score on with a, a very good um, structure, you know, with, with the back five. Mm. Um what are you looking at? I'm
0: just cracking up because I'm thinking that you're like Chelsea having an identity crisis, bro. And I'm thinking back to those pictures of like the edited pictures of Frank, La- Frank Lampard, like <laughs> really super fat,
1: like Frank Fat Pard. <laughs> Talking about an identity crisis, I looked at the pictures of Lampard um, with uh, like the pictures he took with his like little Everton tracks and everything. <laughs> yeah. He kind of he's giving me David Brent energy, just and not <laughs> not not in like a Brendan Rodgers kind of way more. And just like he looked like he's like two mistakes from just complete mental collapse. Like <laughs> he look, he just looks like chubby and sweaty, and he had this, he has a smile where he just he looks absolutely terrified. Yeah, the smile he has in his face is completely terrified. You know, but um, but no in in terms of in terms of Chelsea, I think that. They're kind of they, they started to lose what they were known for. I mean, they they seem disorganized. They for a big squad, they look thin. Mm. Um I mean that like in terms of having a lot of players, their squad looks thin, like you know, uh, Lukaku's still a big guy. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Lukaku La-kaka. drama, the Lakaka drama is just so bizarre. Yeah. Um it's very interesting. <laughs> I mean they're they're really at an intersection right now with that whole situation. <laughs> I mean Tuchel uh, must be having a pretty serious inter monologue right now. <laughs> yeah. But I, I I think that Tuchel is probably just so the thing think about like an, an angry German. I mean it, it can yeah. get bad. Um,
0: <laughs> poured up in the young Jurgen Klopp BM that's an angry German classic Brian. Like yeah,
1: I mean um like the I yeah, I, I agree. I think that Chelsea almost made a statement by not making any business. Yeah. Thomas too cool.
0: <laughs> too cool to do any business. <laughs> I, I I think yeah, I agree. I think it's a poor window. Obviously, they still have quality, you know, players like Mickey Mount, uh, but that they really, really needed a left back, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, Marcos Alonso is just he's at, one, at one point in his Chelsea career, I think, under Conte, he was really killing it, <laughs> really <laughs> like he had his hands on the wheel and he was just. <laughs> but but right now, I mean, he's just. I think he, I call it the, the, well, I don't call it because I just came up with it, but I will refer to it as the modern fullback syndrome. And that is just every fullback is shit at defending nowadays. Yeah. Because the top teams, they, they don't really care about defending the flank as much. They just want no. some fucking support. But, but Marcos Alonso is just, he, I feel like he has periods in the game where he plays really well. Yeah. And then he just, He's basically just a really good striker of the ball, and that's it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's just so shit, man. <laughs> He's just so shit. He's really like a like a, like a paella-kalassa match, bro. That's really what he is. Um, I think... <laughs> <Why did> you...
1: <laughs> I just realized what you said. That's the paella-kalassa yeah. match. For a second, I thought you were referring to a player, and I was like, who? And then I realized, <laughs> but yeah. That's um, exactly. It's just
0: class and natural with a bit of a tan. Um, I think I said D on their window. Maybe it's a bit harsh. No, I, I don't think I, it's harsh. I would,
1: I would say a D. I would say yeah. a D or a D, plus just because I think that at the end of the day, other than those fullback positions, I know mean, those fullback positions are essential, but I mean, especially like Reese James and Chilwell were mad in the end yeah. of the season. But I also. I also I mean, obviously like they do need fullbacks, which is why I also want to give them a D plus, but I'm not gonna get any lower than that because I think their real issues are actually separate from um talent and and squad depth. I think their real issues right now are just mixed with um complacency and and, and attitude and mm. um, they have a lot of I mean they have know. a lot of injuries. They do, yeah. Um but they have a big squad, you know. I mean these they, they do have a big squad it's it's horrible that they lost their their fullbacks you know for chelsea but you know when you're a, a team that's as successful as rich and as, as big as chelsea you you should have the resources to really anticipate these situations yeah yeah i think i guess it's we i guess we're just seeing now that asplo is he at Barca now, or am I tripping? No, he's he's going uh, later. No, no, think, he, he he's still at Chelsea. Yeah, he goes at the end season, but but he's like the kind of fullback from he's like from the past. Like I don't think yeah. I don't even think it's that he's old. I think that he's just not he can't provide the width, which is why I think that he's better off as a, a right sided center back for in a back mm-hmm. three. Um, Marcos Alonso. I feel like Chelsea and I guess Tuchel probably considered him a decent backup option to Joe. Yeah. Well, Aspillaqueta um, like for me is is interesting. At
0: one of the more consistent and reliable defenders of the last decade in the Premier League, I think he's had a somewhat underrated career actually at Chelsea. I um, I agree. You look at what he's done you know he's 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 grabbed the armband and he's you know he's clearly got some really great leadership qualities and even now when he's he's clearly over the hill he's still giving his all he's still putting in some decent performances
1: and his one on one defending is is has
0: always been like yeah yeah top of the game. And you know he can play he can play center back he can play right back and play left back. I think he's you know very versatile player yeah, as well. You know you know who versatile. you know who reminds me of him a little bit is um actually Tomiyasu reminds me of him a little bit um in terms really? of his yeah, in so terms, you
1: think, of, you think Aspeluqueta is that that good to be compared to?
0: I, when I'm talking about younger the, Aspie, I think when you, you talk great, about the, the great Tommy Cafu, bro. <laughs> um, that's, I'm, what I mean by that is you know Tommy Cafu is someone who can <laughs> who can play right back, he can play center back, um, and he's not like the greatest like overlapping attacking fullback, but he's just a great one v one defender, really solid. Yeah. doesn't shy away from challenges. Yeah, but yeah, let um, should we move yeah, on let's, from Chelsea? Yeah, Should
1: we move on? Um Crystal Palace. Crystal uh, Palace have um I don't think they really did any business. No. Maybe they didn't do any business, but they brought in
0: Mateta, they signed him permanently, he was already there on loan.
1: I mean they're yeah, I mean they have um this is this might be actually the most exciting. I don't think this is the best palace side we've seen, but I think it has the most exciting talent we've seen. Really since their, their promotion as of recently, I mean um I like the way uh Vieira is setting up his team, you know. It's um yeah the way they play. They play good football. Um, you know, Gallagher is gonna be an absolute cunt when he's back in Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. As for now, he's he's you know, obviously ripping it up. But some of some of those those players, I mean are, are I mean, just
0: Elise looks like a real, real player. Really good, really good. Um as a when he's
1: fit is is yeah, else too.
0: yeah I, I think when you, you look at Palace if I'm right in their window I'll probably give them a you know a C you know it's I not agree. good it's not bad I think it could have been better because they were so close to getting Van de Beek on loan mm-hmm. had they gotten him we could be looking at a really you know that would, that would have been a nice addition um, yeah, but <laughs> Van de Bench uh, <laughs> what do you get minutes at Palace I wonder um he he's
1: got bulky though yeah he's got a little tum -tum. he's been bench pressing like (laughs) like nobody's (laughs) him
0: him and jade and bencho bro they've been yeah they've been really really bench pressing all season um man
2: i can't i
0: can't wait i can't i can't wait to talk about man united um but i i I, that that, jesus christ but let's let's save that um I would say an even C for Crystal Palace yeah, if we C. move on. Yeah. Cool. Let's okay, here's a good one. Everton.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Delhi Alley for 40 million, I think, just embodies what Everton's been about for the past what, like four years? Yeah. I mean I mean, I, I, I I They never I th- learned
0: their lesson. I think we should mention the Delhi Alley forty million. It's not actually 40 million.
1: Really? It's, okay. actually, it's actually Enlighten a free me.
0: transfer, with clauses in the contract where if he hits if he hits certain targets and Everton hits certain targets, then it could potentially end up costing them forty million.
1: Oh, well, in that case, that's not bad at all.
0: Yeah, I, I, but the reason the reason I think it's not bad is because I don't
1: I don't think he's going to hit those targets, so they're not going to have to pay the money. <laughs> the thing about Delhi Alley and you know, we're we're talking about one of Ibiza FC's most prized players you know i mean he he carries their their entire tiktok campaign I mean, this guy he's a real real proper cunt you know yeah, he really a real is top shagger. i mean like he's someone <laughs> that um but in all seriousness i mean it just reeks i don't care how cheap he is it reeks of everton transfer business yeah they love a good husband don't they <laughs> their favorite thing is a good husband yeah
0: i mean i guess they had to replace their 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 former husband the rock spider nonce himself gilfie Sigurdson, uh, a <laughs> proud member of prison <laughs> fc <laughs> you have to replace him with Alley. um yeah i mean that's the move that sticks out but they've actually made you know obviously they sold luca Dini for 25 million and replaced yeah. you know they sold him on the recommendation of Rafa Benitez, who they then sacked one game later, after he brought in this this guy, Mikolenko from Dinamo Kiev, 21 million. Duncan Ferguson, who was the interim manager at Everton, said that Mikolenko is wasn't fit to play in League One.
1: He yeah but Duncan Ferguson, I mean he just he's such a like bootleg Roy Keen. I mean he's just like I just I'm not a big fan of these kind of like macho like former players who are mm. just think that no one can make it anywhere they think that if you post a picture on instagram <laughs> you should be fucking murdered you know like, mess. yeah i mean it wasn't duncan ferguson the same guy was pogba who put <laughs> moise keen on the pitch for five minutes and then took him out they took him off yeah he probably had some weird like power trip uh, um i mean he does give uh, me
0: slight racist vibes i'm not gonna lie
1: absolutely absolutely <laughs> I mean, there's yeah this yeah. is no i'm i do not disagree man this he's probably he probably despises the delhi alley signing i bet you he was really seething
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but speaking of raf benitez i mean what a job i mean this guy like one of the poorest just like just has like the lacks any kind of judgment when it comes to choosing his career. Cause I'm just like thinking about the places he's gone. Like sure. He won the league. I mean, not the league. I wish he's sure. He won the champions league at Liverpool, but um, he was walking into kind of a mess. Like, that board was a mess. Like, the finances, yeah, yeah. the ambition, everything. And you guys were a bit then, broke as well. And then he goes to, to Chelsea when they were sacking and manager every six months. And then where does he go? Like, Real Madrid? Like, one of those La Liga teams? Of, of he did, imp- He's a terrible a compl- Real Madrid. Wait, can you, can you hear me? Yeah. Wait, it's
0: faded, though. Can you hear me? It's still faded. All right.
1: Well, oh, now? It's, better. now it's better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then he goes to, to you know Real Madrid at the time like their board was full of like backstabbing politicians and then and then and then where does he go? He goes well oh yeah and then he goes to Newcastle in the Mike Ashley era. That's smart. And then he goes oh yeah, I need some Everton. Uh, well, board he went to mentors. China as well. Oh yeah, i mean, okay. Well, that that's that's probably the worst of the lot. Well, and then it, 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 um, here's the thing with with with, he's with such a Rafa. politician himself, Rafa's always just being this conniving finger pointing like he goes he's like a i i kind of think of him as like a silent Mourinho. <laughs> like he, he has this exact same energy and and antics as marino he's just quiet about it yeah, yeah. marino really broadcasts his manipulation you know you know the thing
0: is about rafa though is that even in those Poor career decisions that he made. That apart from the Real Madrid stint, where he was truly, truly terrible, there were there were signs that he was doing good things. So, um, I think when he went to Chelsea, I believe they won the Europa League. They did, yeah. Um, you know, at Newcastle, I actually, think he did a really good job. They love yeah, him up he, there. He, he did great. Um, in Newcastle. and the thing with Rafa is, whenever he would, talk he would, he would have
1: loved to be in Newcastle right now, actually, because he left because they weren't backing him. Yeah,
0: yeah, he would loved it. I, when you when you think of Rafa, what do you think of teams that are? Compact, very compact, compact. (laughs) (laughs) Not letting four-four-two, not letting in any goals. Compact.
1: Yeah, but he's also, I think, like just past it. Like I think he's one of those. He's one of those managers who, yeah, don't have what it takes in the current game. The the whole compact is just it's outdated. I think.
0: Well, it's. I don't know if it's outdated, but it's. uh, To be honest, I just really think he just wasn't really interested in the Everton job. He just needed a job, and he lives in Liverpool. And they, I like think, I
1: said, they they love their husbands. I mean, they just they
0: do love their husbands. You know, they had Ancelotti before that. Um, I think when you look at the especially the selling Dini and bringing in Mikolenko, uh, you know, per Rafa's request, and then sacking him one week, one match later, that just speaks to the just chaos going on at Everton at the moment at, at the board level. They have no idea what they're doing. Totally incompetent. The um,
1: bizarre thing is a lot of times like these incompetent owners, part of their incompetency comes from the fact that they won't back their team. The weird yeah. thing is that Everton clearly, like they want to, like they have ambition. They're just so dumb. Well, like, they they're,
0: they have Mashiri, who's the owner, who has a lot of money and he's appointed people who aren't football people. He's appointed his friends. And you can really, tell they have money to spend because they're classic overspenders
1: yeah you know i mean terrible. what 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 would you because i'm i'm just i can't stop thinking about deli alley and an everton kit. remember when he was linked with psg
0: yeah man i mean he was linked with psg pretty recently
1: as well <laughs> yeah no exactly psg in also always. psg do love a have been as well i will say yeah p yeah psg is just a really weird institution but that's a whole nother story yeah man. um so what would you give Everton? Would you give them an Everton? Well, let's that us not be too harsh.
0: Yeah, I mean, the other deals... This Nathan Patterson guy, $12.5 million from Rangers, 20-year-old fullback, he's pretty good. Elgazi on loan, I think, is a bit of a nothing signing. Yeah. I do think Van Der Beek is a good signing. Um, I mean... I like, just think I, 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 it's not so much the signings the incomings it's just the general strategy going on at Everton right now I have, to, I, have to yeah. an, I have to give them I have to give them another Everton window.
2: Yeah,
1: I I think they deserve an Everton. Cuz I think the also just pff, yeah, I I don't think well,
0: Lampard is a particularly amazing appointment.
1: I mean I I th- I think Lampard actually I don't think it was an amazing appointment. I don't think it was shambolic. I think that it was better than some of the other people they were linked with. Yeah. I think that he proved himself, himself at Chelsea to be a very average manager, in my opinion. Yeah. Which it would, and not even in a bad way, just okay. I mean, you know, Everton think seems like a logical next step even though he's probably but
0: but but you know what he did well at chelsea is he did well in his first season he was very good at working with the youth he was very good at working with people like mason mount people like tammy abraham he was terrible at working with big money signings new signings coming in foreign players i agree it's the exact opposite of everton like everton lots of overpaid and overpriced international players who are pretty crap and yeah absolutely useless academy
1: yeah, no, that's that's actually very very true. Yeah, you think about what Lampard could be proud of as a Chelsea coach. You're absolutely right. It was bringing you know the likes of Mount and and, and Abraham and and, and Reece James into into mm. the spotlight. And then what do they do? They go and win the Champions League. What? Yeah, no, that you're you really that's very true. I mean, that's the kind of that's clearly where he belongs. I mean, he belongs at a, at a club that kind of values. Um their youth. Mm. The only person that I can think of that really valued the youth isn't even at Everton anymore. It's definitely not Everton. Um that's quite is- over no at prison FC now. So <laughs> um I don't think anyone else is really valuing the youth like that. Yeah. Um but <laughs> but, but yeah so we'll we'll give them Everton and let's I guess we can move on. <laughs> yeah. Um Leeds, I don't think they didn't do any business, didn't right. do any I'll, business. Give, I'll tell you what I'll give them a D minus because not even that i'll give them a, a, i'll give them an f i'll give them i i, I agree i'll give them an, an f because talk about teams that need emergency signings i mean leads are top of the list leads are completely just their their squad is just nothing at this point They mean when was the last time bamford's stepped on the pitch i mean, I mean he,
0: he came on for 20 minutes and scored a goal like a month ago, and then he was injured again. So
1: yeah, I mean they're they're just a shell of their former selves. Like they just get torn apart if they're not on their A game. They have a completely, you know, thin squad. Yeah, they they needed some some fresh legs. They really did. Yeah, well, I think we can both
0: agree it's an F. Yep, for the boys in white. Um, yep. and we'll move on to Leicester. Move on to Lester. Brendan Rogers. Well, I. I mean, one thing you can say about a Brendan Rogers side is they're always going to have great character. But this Leicester side, in my opinion, this season, they haven't had great character. I think they have a lot of talent. And I just, I, you know, I understand they've had some injuries, but they actually have a pretty deep squad. They've spent yeah. a lot of money under Brendan Rodgers. They've had back to back good seasons where they've actually bottled fourth.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And this year, they're just nowhere near it. Not even close. They're just,
1: they're so inconsistent this season. Um, I think the bright spots to me is first of all, I think Pass is starting to really kind of, yeah, um, un, come into his own and understand the league. And he was actually a player who I was very curious about. I, I was kind of saw him going either two directions. I think that I would,
0: I would have loved him at Arsenal.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, I think he's like probably the the bright spot for for Leicester this season. Um. I, I, other than that, I mean, I don't think that Brendan Rodgers is really managing Yanacho properly after the, the back end of the season he had last season. I don't think that, um, I mean, yeah, they had some injuries at center backs, but they, they did, they had, they invested in reinforcements in, in, in the form of, a a Vestigard, but Brendan Rodgers clearly doesn't rate him. Well, then, well, why would you invest on a, on a backup player that you don't rate? I mean, it, it, that's, yeah. I don't
0: know. Well, I think when um, you, when you when you look at also some of the signings they made in the summer, someone like Sumare who was quite highly rated who they spent a fair amount of money on, he's been just so disappointing. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I, I the thing with Leicester is I I don't think they really needed to make new signings though.
1: Not even like a a center back or no? I... Maybe a center back, perhaps perhaps a winger, like a right winger. I actually think I think they really do need a winger because Harvey Barnes is not really the huge goal threat this season. Well, he's um, come
0: back from injury. I, I I do like Harvey Barnes. I, I,
1: I, I th- All Brighton is is good, but I don't think he's really like a threat. Yeah, other than like a nice pass. I think Lookman um, has looked good. Lookman, actually, that's that's a fair point. Actually, really been impressive, Lookman um and they've got this uh that goal uh, against liverpool is fucking annoying yeah um look man um i think you should start more actually i think he needs to go to Brendan rogers and just be like look man i'm like one of the best wingers you have
0: yeah all that being said like what do we give less like a c-minus yeah that's good but uh, yeah actually that's pretty accurate
1: and... c-minus yeah.
0: cool well, let's move on to your lads, the Reds of Liverpool. Um, Luis Diaz in for forty nine million, and then Nat Phillips and Nico Williams out on loan. I think those loans were needed.
1: Um, and Luis Diaz, give me your thoughts on Luis Diaz. I'll, t- I'll be, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I actually don't really know a lot about him outside of some some YouTube clips. I just haven't really watched hmm. the Portuguese league. I haven't paid a lot of attention to him um in porto it's always exciting when you sign a player who is that highly rated who has um the stats he has and who was being sought after with with other kind of top clubs extremely exciting surprising coming from our owners i Mm -hmm. i they're they're not really known to to spend money unless it's absolutely necessary but Um, I think it's important Um, I want to see us make similar signings in the summer to kind of sort of have this give the squad a a healthy life cycle Um, Mm. you know unfortunately Mo Salah and Sajo Mane won't live forever well let me ask you about that is Luis
0: Diaz a replacement for one of those guys I'm thinking Mane in particular
1: I, I've, I've heard about, actually a lot of people talking about him being a Mane replacement. Um, I, I don't think he's really... I don't see him replacing any of those players individually. I just think that getting him into the team now rather than when they have already left is a good idea to have him kind of get integrated into the squad and the philosophy. Mm. Um, I think he's a replacement for them just like a, a, as kind of a... Like a in principle, he's a replacement for them. I don't think that he's gonna bench Mane all that much. I, I think there'll be a, a very just kind of healthy. Knowing Klopp, I think there's gonna be a healthy um, uh, you know, switcheroo between, um, Diaz and Mane, Salah, Jota, Firmino. Yeah, maybe even Diouf. Uh, who knows. well, but I do want. I want to see us make similar signings in the summer. In the summer, I would love to see us sign like a proper number nine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I what I think about Luis Diaz is, you know, I I think it's in a sort of similar light to the diogo Jota signing. It's in a similar price range in the in the forties. You know, Jota. I think, I, is think someone, I think that
1: Jota was more surprising in terms of his quality. I think that if Luis Diaz, yeah, bigger wore, names because Jota. I mean, he was good in Wolves. Don't get me wrong. I was excited. I knew he was mm-hmm. a goal threat. I didn't think he'd be the player he was. Yeah, he's, he's really good. Yeah. Oh, his name is Diogo. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I
0: think... um, I see a similar pattern where, you know, I see Firmino, Mane, Salah all out of contract in the summer of 2023. I don't see Liverpool signing up all of them. I, I think I actually only really see Liverpool signing up Salah.
1: Honestly... I don't think Salah is going to be here next season. I hate to say it. I don't think he is. Really? I wow. think the, wow. the 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 way the they... best football player in the world. Yeah. Well, but this is, liver Liverpool's board. They, they're they're stubborn, man. I think that they, even if Salah's the best player in the world, I think the way they see it, if they give him what he wants, big verge comes knocking. You know. Yeah. Yeah, Ali Son comes out. Trent Alexander-Arnold comes fucking bulldozing out the door. But with that being said, I mean, I think you know to be the club that to continue being the club they are and grow, like you need to pay these players, yeah, the same wages that or else are going to go to other teams, right? I mean, it won't just be Salah at that point; it will be other players. Yeah, um, but I think they're looking at Salah's age, and no matter how good he is and how fit he is. They don't want to have. I mean, you know, you can't compare Obama and Solid. I was just thinking Obama. You can't compare them in terms of professionalism, but for a lack of a better argument, I think that they're very cautious of putting themselves in that situation. Mm. With that being said, I I, I think that they need to keep solid at all costs. Yeah. So I I I think that I mean especially like oh my god, just answer something real quick.
0: I guess what I would say regarding the Luis Diaz signing is I think it's a it's a very good signing because I think Liverpool have been accused of not being proactive regarding the mane Firmino sala contract situations. And I think this shows a level of proactiveness in that they're preparing for at least one to go. Yeah. And I actually think that's the right decision. I think you look at uh, Firmino and Mane... Still very good players, but can you upgrade them with a player who's who's younger, like Luis Diaz? I think you can. Down uh, the I road, also,
1: yeah. I also think that out of those three players, this might surprise you. I think the one to go would be Mane, my opinion. And let me let me just explain e- why. E-
0: even if he's the best player in the world, <laughs> I'm being serious. i think being serious. Um, what are you laughing
2: for?
1: <laughs> the the theme of Mane is I think he's. I understand he's struggled with form here and there, Mm. but I think he's massively underrated. I mean, people talk about Salah being disrespected, which I think he is. Mm. I think Mane is just incredibly underrated. I mean, to think about the career he's had at Liverpool, the type of player he is, I think a lot of people who don't watch Liverpool every week don't realize but they don't realize. And Salah is similar to, to this degree as well, but not... I mean, Salah is similar, but not to the degree of Mane. In this situation, is you watch Liverpool week in, week out, this man will come bursting out of nowhere to mm. c- commit to a last ditch tackle, even if he's not scoring and assisting. I mean, he's he's drawing players to the to drawing opposition players in the right areas. I mean, Mane, I can't. I think that Salah's better, but not by all that much. Like, I really, really rate Mané. The reason why I would say is he's one to go is because I think Mané, I mean, I think Salah is still a little better. I think that Ma, that Salah, um, I think they both have incredible mentality, incredible hunger and professionalism. I think Salah just edges it in the fact that I think that Mane's a little too humble whereas I think Salah genuinely believes mm. in his heart of hearts that he is the best player in the world. Sometimes when Salah steps on the pitch, you can it's palpable. You can see in his face that he actually backs himself mm. to be the best in the world. So I would keep Salah and I would keep Firmino over Mane. Even though I think Mane is better than Firmino, I just think Firmino makes more sense as a squad player. I think that he can fill in more 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 roles. I think that he can be more more cohesive not he starting can, every week. I was just accepts not starting. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mane might be upset if he's not he wears a number 10. He can be upset if he's not starting every week. Yeah. Um and, and just to touch on, on Salah, I know that a lot of Liverpool players are really upset with the African Cup of Nations. I think that it hasn't been that bad so far and it's coming to an end quite soon. I, I a lot of Liverpool players wanted Mane and Salah to get out as soon as possible and come back. Mm. I think if one of those players, and I'm thinking more about Salah, if one of them can actually win the African Cup of Nations, I think they will come back and rip the fucking league up. To mm-hmm. win uh, a tournament for your country and and Senegal's actually got a good squad, but I'm thinking specifically Salah of Egypt. To win a tournament that big with Egypt, he's he. I think he would come back and just go fucking nuts. And I and I and I. I, That's why, like, if either of them win it, it's great. But especially if Salah wins, I think that that would be massive for Liverpool.
0: Could be huge for your title hopes. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: if we're looking at the window,
0: I'm gonna give Liverpool an A minus.
1: I agree. Actually, I'll give I'll give Liverpool an A because I don't think that. Yeah, I mean there are there are other we we can always strengthen in depth, but just because it's a January transfer, I wouldn't have wanted us to really like yeah. overload too much. And I think that getting one really good player in the key area was all I could have asked for. In yeah. fact, I didn't I didn't think we were gonna make any signings. So I'll, I'll gonna, go A as
0: well. Actually, yeah. I'll I'll join you on that one. Um, let's go to Man City, Manchester City. They didn't
1: really do anything, did they?
0: Well, they signed Julian Alvarez from River Plate, which is a oh, yeah. top signing. Um, and they sold. I agree. Ferran I, I Torres. think I think
1: South American signings are, are,
0: are underrated. They are, and Ferran Torres—they've sold him to Barcelona for roughly 50 million. That's 20 million profit on Torres himself, and then a massive profit on basically you know Alvarez. I think for I Torres.
1: think that 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 Torres deal also is is rare, mm. in that all three parties benefited. All three parties benefited, and I think there's definitely a little bit of money laundering going on there. Oh, are you you really think so? I mean, a club backed by <laughs> Saudi autocrats with um, Barcelona's inf- they're, they're inf- Qatari, famously ethical, um, uh, you know, board. You, yeah, there can't possibly be anything sketchy going on. What has Barça ever done anything sketchy? In the <laughs> <general>? this, this, <laughs> well, this, this guy conspiracy theories man yeah <laughs> this, this cousin guy. Rick. <laughs> um if we're talking about um the deal
0: itself though i think city have once again done really good business
1: really good and they business. also didn't really have to do any business i mean no this just... is just to keep keep the the heart pumping i mean it's it actually saves them a little bit
0: in terms of ffp as well allows them to go again
1: yeah no they 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 don't need anyone, bro. They,
0: I mean, they've also a uh, big piece of news. Uh, it's not a transfer, but they did just extend Joao Cancelo until 2027.
1: That's huge. Yeah. That's, That's... A huge. Contract. Cancelo, I, I think is form wise the second best fullback in the world.
0: Yeah. Um, uh...
1: So, so just, just to kind of, I guess, unless you have any like desperate things you want to say about City, if you want to just move on, yeah, i um, will just give them an A. Yeah, um, I'll, give, I'll give them an A as well. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> let's get to the good one. <laughs> Man United, um, losing a bit of a bit of depth. Uh,
0: well, I mean, Z B out to Napoli. I mean, whatever, right? So, yeah, um, that guy's just. Um, van de, van de bench to everton on loan that's again yeah. a little bit of a whatever San, transfer
1: can be lonely. <laughs>
0: um i think actually think i actually think um the the Fartial and uh <laughs> and uh amad diallo loans are both very good yeah and yeah. i'll tell you why because amad diallo is a very very talented player and he's desperate for game time. Rangers is the perfect team for him to play. He scored on yeah. his de- he scored like three minutes into his debut. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great loan move. And I also think, uh, you know, Tony Marshall, uh, Anthony Fartial, um, the the man with the Ballon d'Or clause in his contract. You know, he's going to Sevilla, who are playing fantastic footy. They're yeah. second in La Liga. They're four points off the top of La Liga. They're in that, that's, chance,
1: I think that way. was probably the, the best slow move of the season. Yeah. I think that alone will bump United's grade at least one or two letter points because Martial is, he's really fucking good. Like, I hate to say it, but he is so good. And if he could get into. I'd take Pookie over him. Yeah. I'm sure you would. I think that, um, you, like Lakers, I mean that's just a perfect move because Sevilla they're second in one of the best leagues in the world, but they also don't have like that many superstars, right? The they, they, La Liga just kind of has a vacuum right now. Yeah, and so he's kind of just, yeah. I mean that's 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 brilliant. And I I don't know what it is because I I don't care for the French. Um, nothing against you guys. I just I don't like really care for you. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't. I absolutely hate, despise United with a burning passion ever since I can remember hearing that name. Yeah, I I don't know why I root for Marcial, but I do. I it's weird. There there are certain players that I kind of root for, and f- for some reason I just kind of want to see the 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 guy do well.
0: Yeah, I, w- I mean, I want him to see I want to see him do well away from United, but yeah. I think it's a great move for him. I think it's a good move for United. I think it's a good move for Sevilla. Um, yeah. It's one of the better loan moves of this window. Yeah, um, yeah. top marks for for Fartial on that one. <laughs> I do think it's funny that when he arrived, um, they basically had an, a welcome video with R9 speaking in it, welcoming Martial to Spain, and they were playing it. On the stadium screen with Marcial looking at it, and you could just look by his face. He's like, "Motherfucker, I do not speak a lick of Spanish. I have no idea what's
1: going on right now." It, this the that I think his bald head is so weird. Like, yeah. he really just just was not having it. I think mentally, and he's like,
0: <sighs> I mean, he's straight in there for talking about if we're talking about um bald baldness FC. Oh, he's, yeah, he's he's out there on
1: the left wing. Thing about baldness FC, I think. Um, <laughs> Baldiolo it, is a coach, of course. It, of course. And in, in in contrast to, although you know, it's Don might have a thing or two to say about <laughs> that, but in contrast to Prison FC and even um Ibiza FC, Balding FC, they the kind of fell off a bit. I mean, they used to be one of the best teams. I remember when it was like R9s, Don. Skin had Beckham like Ryan Robin cutting. Aaron. and Robin cutting in. I mean, some crazy, great center backs, and you know Pepe Reina's in the mix. I mean, back in the day, they were um insanely good. Yeah, Everyone yeah. was bald. now look at them. I mean, you got Fartie all out here, and <laughs> like, fucking, I don't even know. The, the game's gone
0: soft. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I guess t-
1: Fabinho is great, but you know.
0: But I think in general nowadays, too many cheeky geezers, not yeah. enough proper lads.
1: Too much hair gel, not enough just shaving it and getting stuck in. Too many hair transplants. Yeah, I'll tell you something yeah. though. Um, sweet we? Should I mean, we- Rob, Rob Holding's U-turn, by the way, was just as graceful. I mean, the way he led <laughs> on the Balding FC fans just changes my last minute. I mean, just yeah, game's gone. Yeah, so like- <laughs> the game's really gone. Um.
0: should should we touch on the united situation in general
1: (laughs) let's Uh, go all 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 i'll say is that is disgraceful and you know i i hope for once he actually these players actually get uh held accountable are you talking about about, um mason greenwood
0: yeah i i I was i was i meant more like the whole like situation at the club in general the way they find themselves but I mean, I guess that's, like, another, that's another transfer window move. They did lose Greenwood. They literally lost him to prison. FC. Yeah,
1: and um, yeah, United is just a rotten club, and I think that they're there's just nothing likable about them. It's like when they lose, they're annoying. When they win, they're more annoying. Like, I hate their kit. <laughs> I hate the stadium. <laughs> I, I hate the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo plays for them. I mean, it's just like pantomime villains of Bruno Fernandez. Bergie was a cunt. Fernandez is a cunt. Um, De Gea is a cunt. Maguire's fucking slabhead. It's just a fucking scam Wanda Saka's out here doing like acrobatic moves in the touchline. The like scam yeah. show comes, warms the bench. I mean. What a rotten rotten club, Paul Scholes, what a dickhead. Ryan Giggs, what a fucking sociopath. Like, yeah, just Gary Neville, Van Ve-
0: Ve- Nistelrooy, really, really hateable player, as well. Yeah.
1: Oh, so RVP United Ugh. version of him. Like I said, Gary Neville's just a fucking nerd. And like, yeah, you know, I mean Wayne Rooney when he was there, he's just the fucking Greenwood. Oh god, they are
0: just well. Should we should we talk about United? Because I mean. I know they've they have picked up points under Ragnick but they've been shit and
1: the thing yeah and and I don't mean to cut you off but the the thing just about like one thing I noticed about pundits is they have goldfish memories they love ripping on a team but if they win a game they're suddenly just like yeah yeah they they just they just keep going back and forth we gotta remember yeah they're picking up points but like you said they're playing like shit I mean they're
0: and they're not playing particularly great teams yeah i I think when when you when you look at what's going on there i think they're in a very similar position to arsenal when arsenal sacked emory because i think right now they can't really see the woods from the trees in terms of which players to keep which players to to sell you know david de Gea is head and shoulders their player this season and when that's the case when your goalie is your players seen seasoned by that much. It's never a good yeah, that's
1: sign. That's like that's like a relegation team. Yeah. You know? It's it's
0: like us like for me the De Gea situation is is exact parallel to the Arsenal situation with Leno. When Leno was making like 10 saves a game, he was looking phenomenal because we were terrible. Yeah. But we've seen when United have actually been a decent team. Like last season they were a decent
1: team. De Gea was it was terrible. Yeah, I wasn't even playing that much. Um I just don't know what yeah, I don't know what their plan is. I mean, it seems like they've tried everything, you know. They tried the David Moyes approach, the um Van Hall approach, they tried bringing Mourinho in, you know, they tried the PE teacher, I mean. <laughs> I, I yeah, I, I think that I just think it's the club, man. It's like it's rotten to the core. Rotten to the core. They were good under Fergie because Fergie is an absolute fucking disgraceful, such an authoritarian dickhead. You know, and it's like, unless you have someone that truly matches the cynicism of your club, they're just. It's just something about United. I mean, it's just disgusting. You walk into, um, like, Old Trafford. It's oh god. I mean, it's yeah. How how do you how can anyone like I just what I don't understand is how people are united fans like how they just wake up and and because it's like you're the you're the bad guy in this situation like you know that right like you're the bad guy in life like it's, yeah
0: yeah well I guess if we're grading their their transfer window I'll give it a C I'll give it a C as well I think it's yeah. I think it's like kind of similar to Arsenal's window to be honest with you
1: yeah. The the departures were clever, and you know. Yeah, I th- I didn't think panic ha- by, but they could have bought someone.
0: I think maybe if they'd managed to ship someone out, you know, um, someone like a Juan Mata, if they had managed to ship him like completely, that would have been better. But, um, yeah, overall, pff, averaged a decent window.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, now, another very interesting club, to um, Steve Howell's Magpies, Newcastle United. They had a, as expected, tumultuous window. First window under the new ownership. It pains me to say, I think they've had a pretty decent window. Um, they brought in yeah. Kieran, Kieran Trippier, ah. thirteen million. Chris Wood, twenty-five million. Bruno Gimarish forty million. Matt Target on loan. Dan Byrne for fifteen million. They shipped shipped it out a couple. You know, squad players on loan. What do we say? I just,
1: heard, I, I just, I just remember when the takeover started, and all the thumbnails on YouTube. It was like Mbappe and like a Newcastle show and everything. I'm, I'm happy that they are. I mean, I don't really care for them, but if I, if I was a fan, I'd be happy that they are actually using their resources without being weird about it. If that mm. makes sense, mm. you know. So they didn't splash
0: on massive overpriced signings, did they?
1: Well, that, well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean, because it's easy for a club like Newcastle to, you know, I mean, clubs know how much money they have. It's easy for them to overpay for players, but they've managed Mm -hmm. to, I mean, they probably overpaid slightly for, I guess, stiff wood, but, um, you know, I mean, it's not crazy feed nowadays. Um, And I think they brought the right kind of players for the situation that they're in. You know I mean? They didn't. A relegation target man in and stiffwood and they um uh you know carrying trippier just adds a you know a bit more of class and experience and yeah. um you know target is kind of decent person in that position I feel the fullback areas are filled and and bruno I guess he's really the kind of standout signing for for relegation club I mean that's pretty impressive so I, I'm going to go ahead and. On a limb here I'm just gonna give them a I'm give them either an a minus or an a I think uh, yeah yeah I get a minus yeah the reason I, would I think it, a, I think a minus because this doesn't guarantee them to stay up but still an a minus because mm-hmm. it was a really good really good window I think they
0: addressed the positions I think what's smart is in the defensive positions you know they obviously needed two new fullbacks and they needed I think they actually needed a couple center backs but they ended up bringing one in Dan burn I think they needed a bit more at center back but the players they brought in were are players of experience that's smart when you're talking about the back line. Yeah, no exactly. Um I you know Chris Wood's a good signing obviously they, they were also linked with late moves for uh I think it was Inketia uh Jesse yeah. Lingard and Deli Ali. Mm-hmm. I think one of them could have been good. I think a, a creative midfielder. Um I think I think Jesse Lingard would have been a top signing for them.
1: Thank you. Um, um, I I think I don't think Jesse Lingard would have um, fancied that move. He did fancy
0: it. He did. He has to leave and rank block the move. Um, yeah, a minus for me for for Newcastle. Obviously, they have a lot Lingard of. Shit. Would, Lingard
1: would have been really interesting. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I I still worry a little bit about their lack of goals. Um,
1: and what what's Calum Wilson's injury looking like?
0: I'm not too sure The thing is that he gets injured a lot. you know so yeah. Maximan also picks up Knox. Chris Wood has so when we talk about what do Newcastle need from Chris Wood? basically what they're going to need him to do is they're going to need him to score 10 goals just
1: really to stay up. or or I guess, yeah, you know, I mean say Maximan isn't really known for his output, but Chris Wood is really good at holding the ball up and you know bringing the rest of the team um up the pitch the problem is is where where are the other goals going to come from
0: well they're going to need him to replicate his full season form generally like he's usually he's like he's like a 10 to 12 goal striker they're going to need him to replicate that in half a season
1: Uh, i was looking at um some of the stats that i think t football put out and chris wood was like i mean he tops the league in terms of uh keeping the ball when when it gets lobbed up which you know you you expect that for a player like him from a team like Burnley, but Mm. Um, no i think that funny enough he might actually if things go the way they hope they go i think that chris wood can really help out say maximum because say maximum can get the ball in those areas more frequently than um he can you know yeah obviously produce more but yeah so uh yeah a minus minus yeah all
0: right, let's. The next team is Norwich. I don't think there's anything to say about them. They just learned out Todd Cantwell, didn't bring anyone in apart from having an absolutely banging celebration, like gold music. Um, <laughs> there's not really much else
1: going on at that club. I, yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and just give them an E minus. Yeah. And the reason why it's just weird mark but the reason why <laughs> I feel like it would be d minus yeah um the reason why is i mean if anyone if you ask anyone who's going to go down they're going to say norwich and yeah even though they've i mean they might stay up sure and even though they've had they've been good, in decent form I mean, decent form, but still, if you're they've like... Picked, they've, they've picked up more points than Chelsea since the beginning of November. But but if the odds are in favor of you getting relegated, you can't mm-hmm. just not make a signing, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree.
0: I mean, I where they're like now, there's, one... there's, there's, there's 17th right now, but yeah, Burnley have four games in hand on them, so...
1: Yeah. I mean, Burnley's winning the league. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they're going to have, like, six games on one game week. I'm triple captaining Ben Mee. <laughs> um, yeah, I would, I would go D minus for Norwich. Moving on, Southampton. Uh, I think we can skip this one. No signings in either direction.
1: I will say that real quick, a little off topic. Um, I think Southampton actually surprised a lot of people this season, wouldn't you say, by just being pretty good? A um, lot of people tip them to go down. I think they're like exactly where I
0: would expect them to be.
1: I thought they'd be worse.
0: I think they're going to finish in that sort of like 13th to 15th range. And that's sort of where I I, I never really expect them to go down under Hassan Huttal. I just don't really I didn't see
1: expect them way. to go down, but I did think that they would be kind of in and around that. Relegation.
0: Yeah. I just think they have, they have enough enough quality in certain areas to avoid relegation. Like people like James Ward-Prowse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think we can really give them a grade for their window, to be honest. Maybe um, I mean, give
1: them like um, give them like a B plus because I just don't really think they needed to sign anyone this window. I think they could have. I think they could use like maybe another striker. I don't know.
0: Yeah, striker, uh, but, center I mean, back, center back. I will say though, this um,
1: oh, what's
0: Russia. His name? Broha looks good, but what's the what's the name of the the young center back that they have?
1: Oh the Brazilian guy? Oh no, that's that that's a that's their fullback. Sally Sue. Yeah. Looks decent. Yeah. You know, I um, think if I were to sign one player I think I'd sign a keeper.
0: Yeah. Fraser Forster, I mean he just shows up one game a year against Arsenal, that's about yeah. it.
1: Um, um McCarthy's just pretty Below average. Yeah, I agree. Kind of uh, some classic um FFP player. Should we talk I Spurs? Mean, I mean FPL uh pretty shit, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, they
0: do get battered everywhere they go. Um Spurs. I, I I actually think they've had a decent window. I think the incomings aren't great. You know, Bentacore from Juventus. Yeah, he's okay. Kulusevsky, I actually like him as a player. I just don't think he's someone who's going to provide a lot of output
1: when they need goals, really. Um, I think that they... I mean, I don't think Conte is really the type of coach for this. Actually, he might be. I don't know. I, I think that... I mean, they're Paratici signings, right? Both from you. Yeah, and- but I, also, I just think that um, getting... Even though it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's on loan, getting rid of Ndombele is just... I don't really like that because I think that. I mean, they probably had to. Well, uh, it wasn't working out, but he's such a talent. Well, I say, think he well, could have been really good. Say, so,
0: and Don Belay, Brian Gill, Lo Celso all out on loan. I think those are actually all pretty good moves. Um,
1: I hate Liss also.
0: Yeah, me too. He's like another Lamella. Yeah. Um, I think what Tottenham have done it's not a great window for the immediate impact, but they're starting to set themselves up a little bit better for the summer because that squad does need a massive overhaul. It really does. I mean, Conte can probably get something out of that, out of that team, but uh, talking long-term, there's just so many players there. They're so underwhelming. Um, I mean, I love to see it, but mm-hmm. I think I'd give their window – I give it a B minus.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't. I think they're one of those teams whose issues aren't really coming from that much, really, of like a lack of depth, but mostly just finding their identity under Conte, finding their form. I think. Um, I think it was a smart transfer window. Yeah. Um, uh, I think since you know Conte is still trying to settle in. It doesn't really make sense to to bring a lot of people. What have you made of them under Conte? Um, better than I mean, better than they were before Conte. Um, are they better than they were under Mourinho? You know, it's always hard to tell with Mourinho's teams, in my opinion. Like even when he was at United, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Um. They were so think, good the first I th- I think season. I think they were, they were. I think that Mourinho, is, I just think he's past it, man. I mean, I think he's, I mean, he's one of the most legendary coaches of all time, but I just think he's past it. I think that Spurs, a club trying to like, sort of look in the future, move forward weren't going to make a lot of sense with Mourinho. I mean, he was always going to be a short-term appointment. I think they just wanted to get like a mm. quick trophy if they can and they fired him before they even had the chance, which is weird and political and all that, but mm. um yeah, Conte is better. Uh they're a little inconsistent, which is which is normal, right, for, you know, a new coach. Um he doesn't have any of his players yet. Um he made Kane slightly less shit um Harry Payne (laughs) yeah no I I think I think he's I think he's been all right Lucas Moda looks good um all right
0: I tell you what I think about Conte he's proven
1: a lack of pulling power though
0: yeah I mean here's what I think about Conte and uh, obviously I'm biased because I'm an Arsenal fan and he's managing Spurs and he's a former Chelsea manager and he's Italian I'm not particularly a fan of Italians
1: and a, and a and when he was a player too, I mean he, he, was, a, he was a real cunt. Um, and he's an absolute snake to enough FC. I mean, some of the stuff. <laughs> <is> baseball, absolutely,
0: <laughs> yeah. He should he should have gone bold. Um, <laughs> I think, I I think he's the, an amazing manager, but I think sometimes he gets put in like the best manager in the world debates, and I think for that reason he's a little bit of a fraud. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and let me tell, he what he did at Juve? was incredible. That I won't deny. But when I look at what he did at Chelsea, came in, won the league, I mean, who was his competition that season in the league, really? Um, you know, there was Pep's first season. He was implementing his, you know, his idea. He was taking over a pretty aging city squad, especially in the, the back line. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, Klopp's Liverpool weren't anywhere near there. You know, his, his toughest competition were probably, like, what? Was it Mourinho's United?
1: Uh, that's a good point. Um, Pochettino's be, Spurs. He wasn't you know, beating To, top, to be fair, teams. though, um, Chelsea weren't that great, though, when he came in. I mean, he he came in for a reason. You know, he um, he had, what was it, like Victor Moses as a fullback for the majority of the season? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I, – I, mean, I actually think that that was – Pretty impressive season that Chelsea side was pretty impressive, even if their competition wasn't what it is now. Mm. I do agree, though, like he does get put in that debate without merit. I mean, first of all, he hasn't won the Champions League. I mean, he's his track record in
0: Europe is actually appalling. Yeah, it's group stage exit after group stage exit.
1: I I hate this word because it makes no sense, but I'm gonna use it anyways. A bit of a passion merchant, isn't he? (laughs) You know, that, um, that
0: that video when he's, like, coaching Italy and he, like, jumps up on top of the dugout, like, at the Euros? Mm-hmm. Such a passion merchant, man.
1: I think that... I don't think he's the most, like, tactically astute coach. I just think he's really good at implementing his stubborn system. Yeah. I don't think he's really known for, like, clever tactical maneuvering and outwitting his opposition. I think he relies on intensity and 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 passion and just you know energy coming Mm -hmm. from him and his staff with just very rigid style of of footy and well organized Mm -hmm. and um you know a good reputation and for that reason i think he'll always just be a very good manager but never one of the best managers yeah i mean I, i do think he's in that like he is a
0: he is a top manager there's no like uh, there's no questioning that. I just don't think he's in the pep club debate. And I think with... You think, do you think anyone's in the pep club
1: debate right now? Maybe Nagelsmann. I still think it's just them
0: two. Right now. But I mean, also, they've got a longer track record behind them. When you look at what Nagelsman's done, he's he's
1: been pretty incredible. No, no, I know. But I'm saying, like, I think those are, like, the two, like obviously it's nothing like Messi and Ronaldo, but it's kind of like a similar, mm. you know, I know what you mean. Pairing of names, right? Uh, Baldiola and yellow
0: teeth. Top of the charts. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, I do think Conte, if, if Daniel Levy truly uh, backs Conte, gets him what he needs, I think Conte
1: domestically, can take Spurs to a pretty high level. Um what what what's high level cuz i i surely you don't think they can win the league not with this competition
0: no i, mean, I don't think Spurs can win the league i i think he we'll could take... like a, like like a second I, place trophy I, th- I think he could yeah like second or third if he gets the right players in but then yeah, again I he's think- he's going to be up against tough competition i mean you obviously city will be back you, you know liverpool i think will be really good next season again i think I actually think I think, I, I think, I think are the best. quite quickly.
1: I think the best that Spurs fans can realistically hope for from this Conte project is consistent top, top four. Top four, not getting embarrassed in Europe and, and maybe winning a cup. I think be, I pitch. think most Spurs fans would take that. I think most Spurs fans would take like this. Kind of <laughs> uh, <laughs> um but um, yeah, no, I think I think that like anything less. Is probably a failure and anything more is just not going to happen, yeah. All right, so um, let's... but moving on, I, I'll yeah, let's what do we do? We already create grade Spurs, was yeah. Like I like think we gave him a B minus, B minus, B-. B-? okay. Well, what, what's next? What's next, club
0: Watford Elton John's club? I'm gonna be honest, they brought in a bunch of players I don't really know much about and they loaned out a player that i never really
1: watched play, Ronnie Erie. Also, that was just one of like those signings that are just it's written in the wall isn't it I mean yeah I don't think I've ever seen a signing that was so destined to go the way it did and now they've got Roy Hodgson and what didn't Roy Hodgson retire yeah now he's back
0: yeah I can't really grade their window because I I don't know enough about these players but it doesn't it doesn't fill me with enthusiasm or hope if I'm a Watford fan for me they're preparing for another season in the championship. They're bulking up that squad because they know they're going to need a lot of players next season in the championship.
1: Yeah, I mean I think that Do you think we're beginning to see like a like a Watford, Fulham, Nor- Norwich like boomerang complex where <laughs> it almost starts fitting into their structure in a bizarre way?
0: I definitely think that's Norwich's model. I mean, they're they're quite open about it. Their model is basically promote,
1: relegate, promote, relegate, promote, relegate. But 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 sh- but surely, I mean, you you would think that that doesn't really make a lot of financial sense. The kind of amount of money you're you're losing every season you go down. Well, no, well, no, because every time you come up, you get a ton of money.
2: Hmm.
0: That's that would love to be a Norwich fan of Sunset. Yo yo club. You know what they say? Like the Norwich have won like. They've won like twice the amount of. They've won the same amount of titles in the last like four years that Spurs have won <laughs> since like nineteen sixty one because they keep winning the
1: championship. <laughs> yeah, I might. I might just grade Norwich. I mean, sorry, we're doing. We're seeing Watford right now. I might just grade Watford like a C minus D. I don't even think I can grade them.
0: Yeah, I can't grade
1: them. I'm just gonna give them a just a N A right now. You know. They're kind of a nothing club. Yeah. Do... I do like, I, I do like Jean Pedro. Yeah, he looks decent. Yeah. And and, uh, and and Emmanuel Dennis. Do you know why he didn't go to the African Cup of Nations? Not really sure. I think Watford just didn't let him go. Yeah, because I was thinking, like, surely he didn't prefer losing every week with Watford than representing mm. one of the better countries. Well, he showed
0: that um... by immediately getting sent off. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, after I captained him,
0: <laughs> I I removed, I I like uncaptained him like a minute before
1: the deadline. Thank God. Uh, okay, so you, you, who, who's next on the list? West Ham. They didn't really do much business. Did they? they did nothing.
0: Absolutely mm-hmm. no moves, and I think they should think have they made should. a move. Yeah, I think they should have made a
1: move. They're, they have Europa I think they League. Would have, would have showed. A, they have Europa League, and they would have showed like a real kind of, you know. Well, so they made a if
0: I'm correct on the numbers, they made a £60 million bid for Darwin Nunez on deadline day from Benfica that got turned down. Uh, he's a good player. He's not worth £60 million, but West Ham need a striker. Yeah. Um, They also were – they tried everything I, to yeah. try to get Jesse Lingard. United didn't sanction the move.
1: Weird, that one. Weird. I feel I mean, bad for – yeah,
0: Lingard would have.
1: Yeah, he would have loved that one. They they were, they
0: were in for someone else as well, a center mid. But I, now I'm I'm forgetting who it is. But West Ham, I'd say like D plus.
1: Yeah, no, I'm gonna give them a D just because I think they kind of. I know they put a bid for someone, but it almost just sends a message to the clubs around them that they're not really fighting for the top four. Yeah. I think if they would have actually spent good money on, like, a good enough player, especially if it was a number nine, I think that would have sent a message to Chelsea or a team like that, like, you know, mm. watch your fucking back. Well, oh, and I think they need to send a message to Declan Rice. Absolutely, because, you know, Mickey Mount's got one finger up his butthole already. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, they, that, that's very true. Um. um. Yeah, let us let us let, keep moving on though because yeah I don't, I don't have like a lot of time left. Let's go. Get this. Well we the last we've only got one team left
0: and it's the Wolves, Portugal FC, another team with a, a banging celebration song. So good. Um but so they obviously loaned out Adama Traore to Barcelona.
1: Oh, that was a loan move. I thought it was permanent. It's so a loan with a uh, option to buy. Do you do then, you think you think that loan moves are more frequent than they used to be i feel like the low move yes. and buy is starting to the, i guess just the current kind of financial climate is starting to make more sense free transfers especially are really on the up yeah yeah i think the whole um i mean i think clubs have gotten pretty thing is there are a lot less clubs that desperately need to sell the way they used to so especially mm-hmm. in the Premier league you see kind of these lower teams with more agency in terms of keeping their favorite players and just mm-hmm. so yeah a lot of a lot of um players without contracts also i think that we may have and i'm probably speaking too soon but i think we may have actually we're seeing i think the end of the era of these giant deals for players who might flop and i think teams might start preferring to just get a player on loan with the option to buy, so like an mm-hmm. evaluation period. Um, teams are getting a bit more shrewd with their business.
0: Like yeah, because they've, they, they've seen the Barca model. And...
1: I, I, th- I think that there was a period when everyone was just spending everything on everyone, and then I think that teams really realized, like, wait, hold, hold on a second, half these players are flopping. Well, I yeah. think
0: what you're, what you're seeing as well is a lot of these players who – players are on massive wages now mm-hmm. a lot of teams don't want to pay a transfer fee and and take on that player for for the, their massive wages so mm-hmm. what they're doing is you know okay we can get him on a loan deal pay half his wages you know split the wages for now and then when we get him permanently then he'll get a new contract um arson wenger actually predicted this like almost a decade ago it's uh, it's as he does as he does you know he said we're going to see more and more free transfers because players' wages are so high that it's not—it's not, it's not worth—it's not going to be worth the risk for these clubs to do this anymore. Um, I think yeah. you're seeing this again when you look at Wolves. You know they brought in Toti Gomez uh, from Grasshoppers. They also brought in Chiquinho, and they made Juan uh, uh the South Korean striker. They made his uh, transfer permanent for 15 million. I'm going to go
1: ahead and just. for me it's a poor window I, would, I was gonna say like a like a c-minus just because i i don't i think they're they have a pretty decent squad i think they should have really gone in for a better striker i don't think um that guy this guy is like you know very good to mm. be honest he's i okay. think he's okay he's okay but he's not he's, he's a him, he's a 15 million pound striker is what he is yeah but i think that if this Wolves side had like a really good striker, and I know Jimenez was that good, but his style that had injury, I think really kind of mm. fucked it up. But if they could have just, they just, I think they need more of a goal threat. I mean, they're so good in terms of just their structure and their defensiveness. They're a well-drilled, well-organized, cohesive team. Mm. If they have, not even a, it doesn't even have to be a striker, but someone that is a constant goal threat because a lot of their goals are coming from like sort of like wonder strikes, right? From you know, some of some their, Ruben Neves, and... yeah, yeah, and just what, like what a what a player, maybe he is, by maybe the way. yeah, what a player, maybe like a, a defender popping up here and there with a with a, a set piece goal, but um I, I think that like yeah, if they could have gotten like a constant goal threat, this could have been a really exciting second half of the season for them. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think it was shambolic by any means. I don't think, I mean, just looking at the fact that it's a January transfer window that any kind of real additions they're probably looking to do over the summer when they can have that preseason and everything. I think Mm. that there wasn't really that much of an emergency. They're kind of in a weird spot in the table. I don't think there's that much. on the They're they're sitting around seventh. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I think I'm, I'm going to give them a C minus because I don't think it was great, but I don't really think it was like a disaster. by I mean, here's why I don't think it was
0: it, it was very good transfer, a very good window. Sorry, I don't really understand loaning out Adama Traore. I I know he doesn't provide very much in terms of that, product, I, that. I
1: agree with too,
0: but he is so direct and he causes yeah. so much havoc for them, especially off the bench.
1: And if they could um, have gotten someone like remember there was a did replace him, never, yeah. But there's a point when him and Heminez were linking up very well. If very they, well, yeah. In nineteen twenty. If they could if they could have gotten um you know someone to not only help out the team but kind of give Traoré some more end product, that could have been mm. good. But yeah, I agree actually. I forgot how that is a little odd they loaned out Traoré. And they are not exactly like
0: they're not loaded with with sort of powerful incisive incisive incisive. <laughs> incisive winners, you know. I mean no they're not I mean Daniel Padens, you know, techie player, but again, yeah. not much end product. Yeah. What has actually happened to to Pedro Neto? Um
1: yeah I don't think he's played a game this season. To be honest with you, Neto, Neves, Mochino, some of these they all kind of look the same at some point. They all kind of just blend together when <laughs> when I think of wolves, it's just a bunch of short <laughs> Portuguese folks with a little bit of a beard and yeah. Oh uh,
0: yeah. I mean Neto, yeah, he hasn't played a game this season. I I I I genuinely think he is the incredible talent. Yeah.
1: And yeah, they do, wait, they, yeah. What happened to him? Because I remember there was a point when everyone wanted to get Neto in fantasy. It was like I it was like a two, three-week period. So Pedro Neto
0: injury, we'll give it a quick so apparently he's out until at l- still at least February.
1: Yeah, no, they, they, they should have brought someone. So I give that a C minus and you're giving it what? A D minus D plus D plus. Okay. Yeah. Well, pretty. So I think in general, we've pretty much on the same page. I think that, yeah, not the most exciting window by any stretch of the imagination, but I think a lot no. of clubs, um, you know, showed some, some responsibility. Um, should, Everton's Everton, like usual. Um, I, I, yeah. I mean, we, like I said, should we maybe give like our vote for
0: a uh, move of the window? Yeah, it's a good idea, actually. Um, I think I know what mine is off the top of my head. Well,
1: go, go. You go first. Mine would be Martial. So, are you saying? Like the club, like which club did the best business because I think for oh, that, it's like it's Villa. The- no, 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 I'm saying like which signing because if you know what I'm saying, so Martial oh, that was good for him and Sevilla, it was fine for United, but I think that so because to answer your question, I do, I would agree with you on, on Fartial, but um, that's the move that excites there- me the most, yeah, yeah, but with. If there was a a one transfer in terms of you know redeeming the club that that made the transfer, I would actually like a signing of the window maybe. I'm gonna just this is like 80% bias, mm. but I'm gonna say coaching and let me and I'll let, I'll tell you why it's very likely that he's that is just underwhelming mm. I, I understand. but if he can sprinkle some magic here and there um it'll give Villa fans you know it'll give Villa Park the lift that they need to really kind of be a a big club if he has like one or two screamers this season I think it'll give that stadium a decent amount of momentum Mm -hmm. and and roar and I think that he will likely make Buendia a better player Buendia has been a little disappointing for Villa he's been better last few games he showed he showed glimpses I think Cochino might really kind of put some pressure on him yeah um I think that even though he's kind of a has-been it still sort of shows uh Villa's newfound pulling power and I think that Mm. given him and Jared's former relationship uh, and I'm I'm kind of just gonna go with what you were saying with Martial. This just excites me the most, especially as a Brazilian. I mean, this yeah. it's just something that it might not be the best piece of business, but it's probably to me the most exciting one. It could be, I mean, it could be a great piece of business.
0: Yeah. Uh for me, the so, the in, the sort of incoming signing that excites me the most. I'll tell you what. It might not be the signing that works out. But the, the signing that excites me the most personally is christian erickson at brentford
1: that's true i see yeah purely because i'm happy to see him back on a football pitch it'll be great it'll be great to see him um i'm i'm I wonder what role he's gonna play i wonder if he's gonna like really start you know starting games but i mean he might have a even if we just minutes i don't know yeah but even if we see like one nice little free kick i think that's good for him footy. yeah yeah
0: that's signing that, like, in- intrigues me the most. In terms of what I think, like, the best signing will be, like, I know it's kind of an underwhelming one, but uh, actually, no, it's not underwhelming. I think it would, maybe Bruno Guimaraes at Newcastle, I think it's a top signing.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's probably um, in terms of a, a small-ish club pulling some weight, you know. That's, a player that's of, of real quality, you know. Yeah, I mean, because he's a player that I think that some like, like I, I would have liked Liverpool to sign. Yeah, I, I mean, he like he's been linked year. with a lot of top clubs. Yeah, and and in classic Brazilian fashion, he he went for the bag. dinheiro, caralho. Do you know do you know how much he's gonna be on?
0: Uh, probably quite a bit. Two yeah. two twenty a week. Shit.
1: <laughs> he's it's gone from. He's gone it's from like thirty k week. Uh, it's almost as much as I'm making. I mean, that's that's a lot. Breaking <laughs> in the bag. Yeah, yeah, I know what I do. So, right. um, yeah, I think this this concludes the the first episode. Yep. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. And um, yeah, let's let's get back at it. Yeah, a bit of a long one
0: to start us off, but hope that everyone who listened to this enjoyed the episode. Make sure to you know. Follow us, subscribe, whatever, on all of our different socials. I'm not sure what those will actually be yet, but we'll sort sort that out. Um, All right. All the links in the description. Um, Until next time. All right. Join us again at Clear and (laughs) Obvious. The Clear and Obvious podcast, signing out. All right. Alexander. Peace out.